Please remember to watch your language. Look, I can't speak without swearing, and I've only got my grade 10, and I haven't had a cigarette since I've been arrested, and I'm ready to f***ing snap. So I'd like to make a request under the People's Freedom of Choices and Voices Act that I be able to smoke and swear in your court. Because if I can't smoke and swear, I'm f***ed. The following programming may contain content that some listeners find offensive. If you are sensitive to foul language or explicit content, please turn your radio the f*** off now. Previously on AFTN. I honestly, I really hope he'll connect with David Alaba because I think there's a guy who's got his head on his shoulders, but is a, like able to, I think, be a quality footballer. And even and, people with you think ha- like have uh, don't have big heads, like Terry. For example, Terry Dunfield went to Man City and he got a big head. Yeah, I've, I've heard that about him, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. But. Do you feel the way that Robo handled him and brought him on his development was at the right pace, or did he get held back a bit? Good evening everyone, you are listening to There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, and yes, we are ready to burn it down, as we broadcast on 101.9 FM, CITR Radio, from the unceded Muscovian Territory at the University of Beautiful, sometimes rainy, sometimes dry, British Columbia. If you listen to this show in the podcast, this is episode 307. I am Michael McCall. Steve Pander. Uh, and I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And just what size of shirt do you take? Is it medium? Uh, medium. Would be I'm good. just putting in your shirt order. Okay. Awesome. Yes, we're, we're bringing out a range of shirts. Well, we're not, but we're, we're contributing to somebody that is bringing out a range of shirts. <laughs> it's fantastic. I think it's from coming from the vocal minority. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will come to. The first show of the off-season... Little bit concerned that we'll have I, two hours worth of material. I honestly thought we were just going to be like stretching stuff. This yeah, week, I had know? all my games yeah. lined up, and but it, it's been an eventful week. Yeah, all those, all those, least. all those cup matches. Yeah. Yes. Now, I know you are not a big wrestling fan, Zach, but Tuesday. Well, like, hang on, hang on. Like seven, eight-year-old Zach wasn't into the wrestling, but oh, not li- anymore. little Zach. Let's let's call him little Zach. 
Well, Little Zach used to be a fan of wrestling. Steve and me are fans of wrestling. I'm, Although I'm not, becoming, that, not I'm, whatever that Crown Jewel pay-per-view I, I, was. Like I said, I cancelled my network the day before. That, that was a good decision. I never, I, and I haven't even, I haven't even looked at the results. Really. I know what happened, oh, but I didn't even look at the, yes. what the details terrible. were. Terrible. Talking of terrible. Tuesday, Whitecaps, end of season, media day. It felt a little bit kind of like wrestling. It's like some guys turned heel. Some swerves. Yeah, some swerves. Some guys turned face. Russell Tybert came out first of all. Now I was trying to, I was trying to think, what wrestlers' music could each of these players have come out for? And I'm thinking Russell Tybert, possibly the Undertaker, because he did bury some of his teammates a little bit. <laughs> or, or that, or or uh, Triple H's, because he played the game. Yeah. The only thing with Russell Tybert coming out to the Undertaker's thing is, I mean, it starts with a big dong. I mean, yeah. you think Big Dong and Whitecaps, you think Terry Dunfield. Of course. So I'm not sure that, that Russell can take that mantle on or not. But we'll, we'll find out later on oh, and see how that goes. When, when are you going to find out later on? <laughs> I'll just ask him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to go with some of my Game of uh, Thrones kind well, of friends. Well, it, it did feel like the Whitecaps Red Wedding. Yeah, that's what yeah. someone said to me. Yeah. I, it was like a lot of <clears throat> bloodletting going on. More bloodletting than a 19th century doctor. Get the leeches out. Yeah. Which I think is what they're actually trying to do at the Whitecaps right now. They are trying to get some leeches out. I don't know. It was. It felt like the biggest mutiny in MLS since Tampa Bay were in the league. <laughs> that was the reference to the team. Yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, what did, what did you make of it all, first of all? Before we delve well, into it, let, I mean, Steve and me were sitting there yeah, at gog. And, and then uh, let me just paint the picture for everybody. The. It, it, I don't think I've looked at you more during a t- <laughs> two-hour period yeah. and, with a puzzled look on my face. Are we And we would... St- and forward turning right and, to talk to us as well. And, and, the, <laughs> and the thing is, we would turn at each other at the same time whenever we hear something like go, like yeah. like a certain topic was brought or the comment was made, we actually turn to each other at the yeah. same time and go, what? The funny thing was, we weren't going to record all the audio because we didn't need it all. So I didn't bother recording Daniel Henry. And then it's like, oh, I might need some of the stuff that he said. <laughs> but it was, I, I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a masochist. I, I'm, I've got a perverse sense of humour and enjoyment factor. I loved it. That was entertainment. That it, was wonderful. Oh, no, it was definitely not a vanilla answer. There were no vanilla answers with no. anybody. Ups and downs, uh, heartbreak. Anger, yeah, tears, yeah, yeah. For those, the one, the one thought that was running through my mind as as things were playing out and tweets, and then listening, I was like, the people who for the Whitecaps, the Whitecaps for them is about entertainment and being entertained. I think Tuesday was probably an enjoyable day for them. I I don't think it was enjoyable for the media team. I have to say, <laughs> um, I feel sorry for Mister Whitecap. I I felt sorry for all of them. It's like. I don't think anyone really all, expected all that shitstorm. All of them? All of them in the media oh, team, yeah. Okay. I like the media guys. I love Mr. Whitecaps. But we won't play this in the show because we, we think we might overrun tonight. Shock horror. But um, we'll play, if you listen to this in the you, podcast, we'll you, play some of the bloodletting audio. And you've now. heard it. You've heard yeah, it all I mean, before. you've all heard it. Yeah. But just in case, well, we do have folk that listen to this all over the world, so they might not have heard it. Yes. They, they so, haven't spent the two hours they haven't, watching yeah. the- Oh, watching yeah. the, vi- the video, I had to watch it all a second and third time and listen again. It was, it was. Oh, great. I gotta get my notes up from it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but we'll we'll play. If you listen to this on the podcast, we'll play you uh, the audio now as it kind of played out. So we'll have Russell Tybert, Daniel Henry, Stephen Marinovich, Kendall Waston, and and Bob Lenarduzzi as well. Mm-hmm. 
a few group of guys, a few members of this team that really do know what it means to be a Vancouver Whitecap. And I want to see those guys here next season. But there has been a lack of respect for the jersey in this season, and that can't happen anymore. Going forward into 2019, you have to respect this jersey and respect this club. Russell, is it a deep divide between, like you said, the, the couple of guys who really bled for the kid, who knew what the Whitecaps kit was all about, compared to those who maybe played for themselves? And is it a, is it a, a personal mindset that there's that divide? Is it a cultural thing? Is it a language thing? What is it? Because that's disappointing to hear, I think, from supporters' perspective. When you have 11 guys on the, on the pitch, and maybe not all of them are pulling the rope the same way. Different motivations for different people. But, and that, that'll always be the case. There's different, uh, people will play for different things. That's always going to happen. But as long as you're following the team goal, as long as you're playing for the team, then, and the team is first, then you're going to have a good outcome, no matter what happens. You're going to have a strong team and solid foundation in the locker room. That being said, we did not have that this year. There was moving pieces. There was guys wanting to go in different directions. And... Like I've said previously, that can't happen in the 2019 season. We all, and like you alluded to, we all need to be pulling in the, in, the, in the same direction. Because if you have guys pulling opposite directions, that creates friction, that creates tension, and that doesn't make for a good locker room. We do have a positive locker room here at the Whitecaps, but there's a difference between having a positive locker room and having a great locker room. And uh, I wouldn't say this season we had a great locker room. There was there was a divide in the locker room, and that needs to be worked on. That that needs to be addressed, and that can't happen going into next season because first and foremost, you need to have a good locker room with a good group of guys. And we do have a, a few and a core group of guys that, I, like I said, I'm hoping will be here next season. At a certain point, you kind of felt like um, guys are here for themselves, and I think when we play, when you play for a team, especially for a club, um. Has, you have to have something that drives you to want to win and build instead of your own personal desires, you know. Kind of personal success kind of comes from what's done within the team. And they kind of go both hand in hand. So um, I think I think the, the biggest thing that happened was um, when we lost our coach. A lot of uh, that late in the season, I think you know, I kind of went, the kind of desire or this shifting since some people play definitely happened. Daniel, what do you think that boils down to? Because, I mean, you can we can single out some guys as Robbo guys, but for the most part, you guys are more or less Robbo guys because Robbo brought you in or, or were drafted under Robbo's watch. What, what do you think it boils down to that, that took a coach firing to, to put that kind of divide down? You know what? I, I think we're professionals. We need to go about our business professionally. Um, I don't think that everybody did that. Um, I think certain things um, kind of escalated and kind of took from the team. And we don't want any situation bigger than the team. So um, it comes down to uh, pride, self-belief, and um, just being a man. So i got to agree with, um, with Russ uh, and the teams, I've, the teams I've been with before. I've never seen such a, um, a, a team that had a lot of clicks. And... Uh, from what I understand, talking with uh, players here and players around the league, uh, that is uh, synonymous with the MLS, that you're going to have 
sort of clicks are going to have the you know some American click or maybe like a North American click, and you're going to have a Latino click or you know it. Um, it definitely was apparent here. I think it's in a lot of clubs in the MLS that like that. Uh, here it was just it became uh, difficult because we weren't doing too well, and they kind of became more apparent. And um, you know when when certain people get away with things that they shouldn't in the eyes of the rest of the team, it doesn't really build a, a strong team culture. And so, uh, like say for example, you know, we're all sitting in a room and one of your reporters gets to mouth off to me or whatever and doesn't get kicked out of the press conference, you know, you feel kind of like, well, why should, you know, why should I do the same? Why should I um, try to be professional, or whatever? So, in a sense, um, like Russ said, I think it was, um, I think it was very apparent this year. Um, the going got tough that uh, players uh, didn't come together as we should have. Uh, yeah, but your true nature came to the forefront. I think, um, especially some players. Yeah. If Somebody saying that only two or three guys play for the Wakers, hey, it's not right. Or maybe he was playing on, he was the only one that played. So I just leave it. What I don't like is two-faced people, you know. So I, I was really angry at some things, different things. And if I don't trust, I better walk away. Given, you know what's been um, what's been suggested here today by the people, that, uh, the players that came in here previous to me, we have a culture problem. There's no doubt about it. When I say we have a culture problem, the culture problem is within the soccer group. We'll talk a little bit about how it played out. And there's, there's been various things. J.J. Adams wrote a piece in the province, in the printed version of the province today, and it went online yesterday, yeah. about whether it felt that the whole day was orchestrated. Was it orchestrated by the front office? We, we, we were was just, it a master plan? We were discussing that too after. Like, you you had to stay behind. I was. We were walking outside, and we were thinking, was this, just the way it was set up. But then... You're thinking that that's too much work to get this all like working, and the way people answered after each other, I don't think those people were expecting what was said either. Well, but when I listened back to it as well, it's interesting. Like Russell made his comment uh, about players need to play for the jersey. Well, which and was similar, yeah. very similar to then Sporting it, Kansas City's yeah, comments. Yeah, and it moved on a, a little bit. But then Jay Janower from Global TV, he was the one that actually asked the question about. So there's a divide in the locker room. What is the divide? What causes the divide? And and he used the word divide. Yeah. Russell hadn't initially used the word divide. Yeah. And then after that, it was like divide and conquer season. Yeah. But I mean, the first time click was used was Marinovic. Yeah. And that was th- the fourth person or something. Yeah, like I, I was yeah. expecting DX to come out or something, yeah. but that didn't happen. But I mean, wh- what did what did you make of it, Zach? No. Uh- yeah, some of the language or whatever, you can say, okay, did they know what language is going to be used or blah, blah, blah. 
But like, there's no way that they didn't know that you know Russell was going to say some of the stuff that he said. In my opinion, and when I say them, I don't mean the, I don't mean Mr. Whitecaps and his comms friends. You mean the front office? I, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. The, yeah. There are I, people. I, I do disagree with you on that. Really? I, yeah, I I genuinely don't think that it was orchestrated. Oh, no, sorry. I'm not saying it was fully orchestrated, but there's no way, because in my opinion, Russell has been the link between uh, the higher-ups. That's where they've been getting their player perspective from, is from Russell. I could be wrong, but that's it, it's pretty hard not to see that. And You're uh, speculating, essentially. Uh, well, hard speculation. Could we call it that? Okay. Yeah. Um, but... So I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't know, part, like in part, what he was going he was going to say. And here's the thing: regardless, when it came time for the front, when it came time for for Bobby from the front office to answer questions to address what had gone on, he he was happy to to talk about it. Like, uh, yeah, we knew about this, and yeah, the person who was responsible for that, we just got rid of them, as opposed to actually like showing leadership. And actually dealing with a problem as opposed to passing the blame mm. or writing it in your journal to be like, oh, when we let this person go, we can come back to this and say, this is one of the reasons. And you can run an organization that way. That's fine. But uh, to me, this is a sign of how the Whitecaps lead and, and how they function. And it's a sign for me of the extreme unhealth of how they function as an organization. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel, Steve? Do you, now and the kind of the cold light of day do you feel there was any orchestration to it at all or was it all just natural and i i I think it was more natural but i do think that i agree with zach that they i think they knew what russell was gonna say and i don't think russell like i said did not say very much difference than what he said after the sporting game it was only when he he, probed for a second time yeah he kind of expanded on it yeah and and the thing is is what uh i think uh um and I think this is he he expanded that at that time with for the sporting game it seemed like it was just happening at that point. Yes, but he 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 did expand that it's kind of been lingering there for the whole year. Yeah, I I put a poll out on Saturday, asking whether people thought it was just naturally player driven, or whether it was orchestrated by the front office as the province article suggests. Three hundred sixteen votes in this one, so quite a a, a good vote. said it was player-driven, with only 41% saying that the front office wanted this out. And I'll I'll just read some of the tweets that we we got The way you worded it, the way you worded it, the the front office wanted it out. It still doesn't say it's orchestrated. It kind of means that they they were hoping it would I did mention, though, in the question that it it was about about orchestrating. So we we got a lot of, like, written tweets about it as well, and... I'll just read a few here. Caleb Wilkins said, surely they'd have gotten everyone on the same page if they were going to do that. Then again, I suppose Russell is their intermediary, so he would be the guy you'd expect to put out their narrative if that is what they wanted it to do. Tim Altman says, well, clearly there was a divide between Russ, Henry and Labanda at least, and the, the others perhaps didn't care so much, so maybe that is part of the problem. Glass City says people he's talked to within the club weren't happy with this and same with me as well, folk I've spoken to in the club weren't happy with how it played out. He feels it looks like a Canadian clique that just didn't like the Latino clique. Manuel Veth says having worked in football and at various (laughs) football clubs for a few years, he gets the sense that it was all orchestrated. Everything the media has fed is to drive a, a certain agenda. 
But we did have a, a lot of people, and I won't, there, there was tons of these, so we won't read all of these, but we had a lot of people saying that they don't think the front office is clever enough to orchestrate a plan <laughs> like, like this and to pull it off. And what I will say is, like, at the end of it all, nobody comes out of this looking good. The no. players don't come out looking good. Robbo and his management team don't come out of it looking good. Bobby in the front office certainly don't come out of this looking good either, I don't feel, I, in any I, way, shape, or form. Except for... With Stefan Murnovich's clarification via Instagram. Yes, which yeah. was good, but not as many folks going to see that no, as all true. the other stuff. But he is the one who said, look, yeah, there are these different groups. That's that, that, that I think that's part of any kind of larger group dynamic. You're going to have smaller groups. But he said, Robbo is the one who held everything together yes. and kept yeah. it moving forward. Yes, and also a li- his, his comment was a little bit misconstrued as well. He said it was the most clickiest thing he has ever seen. And he goes, but it was kind of, here it was kind of common in MLS. In, in MLS the yes. way the mainstream media put it was that they made it sound like that it, it was the most clickiest group in MLS. Right. When actually Marinovich was comparing it to his time in Germany, yeah. when obviously yeah. it's not that, it doesn't happen that yeah. often. There, there's a few tweets as well saying that the conspiracy theory stuff is kind of like out of control with focus saying that. But I think this tweet from Caleb Wilkins kind of sums it up. The idea that the front office are incompetent buffoons and also Machiavellian narrative controlling geniuses doesn't really square with each other. So I, I agree. It's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not good for yeah. them either way. No, not really. I mean, th- there does seem to be a, a divide though. Because if the players can't even agree if there is a divide, then it does show that there's a divide. So, I mean, whether, whether there is a perceived divide or an actual divide, some players feel that there was a divide. And th- there's different views. We don't want to paint it plain black and white of the Latino players and the non-Latino players. The battle lines, you could say, were maybe drawn along that way with the way that they were speaking, because you had Stefan, Russell, and Daniil, the Canadian and non-Latino guys, saying, yep, we feel there's a divide. Kai Kamara, who didn't want any part of it, and said, oh, how come the two Canadian guys rhyme the same way? Well, they were they were the two people. If it, What if Marinovich had gone before Kamara? Yeah. Then what would he said? I Daniel Henry, I, I don't know where people got this, like, he was very didn't even want to talk about it. No, he was but taken he, back. Yes, he was taken back. He hadn't back. even been briefed. He hadn't no idea what Russell had said. He yeah. just came out. And so he was like kind of like he he really felt uncomfortable talking about yeah. it. He and kept be, going really far but, back from the microphone. Yeah. And and he and at that point, once it's out there, he can't he's he's gotta say what he's yeah. gotta say. When you're right? on the spot, yeah. and you've got to think of an answer immediately. But then you had Kendall Waston saying, No, 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 there's no divide. And then like Players like Jose Aha said there wasn't, and Nicholas Mosquera said there wasn't when they were doing other interviews which weren't filmed. And then I spoke to to Effie Juarez, and some of you may have seen a little bit of what what Effie said because unfortunately this was a one to one which I did exclusively for the show. But another journalist, let's say, just decided to tweet some of the quotes out, which I'm pissed off at. Because that's not really how you you roll when it's one on ones. But we'll play the full thing now. One question, three minute answer from Effie on this. So here's what he had to say about a locker room divide. Russell and Daniel and Stefan talked about a divide in the locker room. Jose, I heard there saying that there isn't a divide, and it, it's kind of been indicated that there's the Latino players, there's the there's the non-Latino players. Did you see a divide? Because I know. 
a lot was made when you came here. That initially you saw that there was maybe some cliques and then you moved the seating arrangements around and you had people more together. Is that how it transpired for you or did you see it kind of escalate? No, I don't think, you know. Uh, everybody trained with the same clothes, with the White Cups uh, logo. So we everyone represents something. So at the end... Uh, like I already say, it's so disappointing to hear that in the end of the season because at the end, if you, someone wants to fix or repair something, need to do it in the moment or in the or in the in, in the road, not after. Because after it's too easy uh, talk and it's easy talk in the press. It's easy say uh, I love the club or apologize with the fans when the the really thing is the, and the really is only the true is in the field. When you want to talk, you need to talk in the field, not talk in the press. Because for me, it's coward, like someone talk in the press and after go to the field and don't do anything or, or go to the rocking room and don't do anything. That's a coward. Because at the end as well, I thought we are between men and the men talk straight away in face. It's the thing that I born or like a... Uh, my family teach me since I born. When you have something to say to someone, go and straight and say it. No go and cheat or say uh, 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 on his back. So I don't believe what they say, to be honest. Uh, everybody has his own point of view. I can't say it. And they can say and uh, it's, it's fair, but I don't respect. To be honest, I don't respect. And uh, because... If you want to talk in the press or say things, show it. Don't don't say it. Show it like uh, uh, if you feel you really feel the 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 logo, the club, like you say, do it in the field. And uh, but for me here, everybody was bad because at the end, nobody can save it. No one because no one we don't make the goals. The goal was the playoff, and so. No, it's, 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 it's too hard to understand to me to someone come to the press and say just one or two people or three people do his job because at the end no one does his job because the job was make the goal and the goal doesn't make it because we are not in the playoffs. So uh, that's the, then when they start to think or now I'm realized that I, I've been involved between people that don't really just take care of themselves and not for the team like uh, they say. So, thanks so much, Effie, and pleasure talking to you this year. Effie, why is there not as angry as no that quote you were expecting on, from the initial on Twitter? Quote. It sounded like he was yelling, basically the way it was. It, yeah, no, it was, he, was, he was very calm, yeah. angry, but but calm. Yeah, um, and he he has a very valid point. Was that media day setting or? Any setting no. in front of a public audience, no. the place to air all these grievances. No, that, I know. So I know so many people are so happy that Russell has said some of these things because now they know some stuff. But this, <laughs> to me, Russell has created big problems for himself in the future, mm. whether that's in Vancouver or anywhere else. He's now known as a player who will go and talk publicly about things after they happen and after he chose not to deal with them in the moment. And that's going to be, he's going to be tainted with that yeah. amongst players and that is the, the second point that Effie made there as well is like why wait till now and if you did have a problem why not deal with it in the moment in the locker room which I mean obviously has no, not been addressed that's definitely a follow in the up, locker room that's definitely a follow up question that needs to be brought up to Russell next time he's spoken to like 
Um, Which I think we were just all caught by surprise. I know. Really, it, it, it's like, it was. It's hard to when you're talking to somebody and you're not expecting these answers to follow up with something. Like, for example, we were going to do a travel segment uh, with, <laughs> yes. with each of the players and a Christmas thing as well. A Christmas thing. And we forgot all about that. No, not even forgot. It's like how do you ask these people? These I, questions I got afterwards? Aaron Mond as the last thing of the day. I was like, oh, can I ask you about Christmas? <laughs> it's going to be a great Christmas special. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's impossible to do that at that point now. Obviously, like we ask him, like there, there's a couple possibilities. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate. I know I have, I agree with your guys' points that it's not a right time to bring this stuff up, but it's not right to bring up publicly. Yeah, but what if, no. what number one, what if he had tried to bring it up with Robo and it, this was fell on deaf ears? Okay, can we stop, just, can we that's stop? just a, that's this is all hypothetical. Can I address that one? Sure, if you want. If he had, he would have mentioned it in that press conference. Maybe he didn't want to throw it under the bus at that point. But again. I just yeah. this is yeah, just yeah, yeah, no, on, uh, or he was afraid of bringing it up because at that time he was not getting playing time, and he was afraid that now this is just again hypothetical. Robbo was uh, favoring some of the players, and um, he was afraid if he spoke up on it that he would lose more playing time. Uh, these are just hypotheticals. Yeah. Like so, I here's the thing, though, Steve. Like if that's really if that's really what he felt, he he had a decision between do I do what's do what I think is right yeah. and say this. To the coach, to whatever, or do I just or or is playing time more important to me? Yeah, right. So to now, now he's now it appears like he's trying to say like I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to tell everyone about all the problems where everything went wrong this year, and I and he doesn't care about about the collateral. When you're saying in your hypothetical scenario that he cared too much about playing time, then yeah. Well, well now now he now he doesn't care about. You know the collateral of speaking up, which is to me doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, again, maybe he's just like he just felt that this was the time to speak. Obviously, it's it, uh, it was a mistake on his part, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, like you 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 can't talk as a player. You can't talk about the about certain things publicly. Yeah, like, I mean it's like it's a code. It's like what goes yeah. on in the locker room stays like in the, the locker room. There's like just think over the years. There's so many things that that yep. you've heard that you've been told that you know you cannot talk about. Yep. There's so like I haven't probably heard nearly as much as you, but there's things I've been told. And it's like, okay, I guess I I'll tell my wife about that. Like I don't know who I can talk. Like yeah. there's no one I can talk to about this because Be- there's a chorus. Like it's a it's it's a place like around the world. I know the media and everything get into the locker rooms here, but it's it's like it's a closed shop. It's like a special yeah. sanctuary really for, for these guys. One last thing in this part. Pete Shad was on TSN Radio. Um, I didn't listen to this, but Steve was telling me about it. And he blamed a lot of this for the fact that there was not a decent leader in the locker room. And he said a key for him was you had this in 2016 and you had this now. And both those years, there was no Myra Rosales. But when Myra was here, he seemed to bring the... Latino guys and the other guys. He was essentially the difference, yeah. Yeah. And then he said 16 and 18, all you do is you swap Juarez for Perez. Yeah. But Juarez was meant to be the guy that did that because Robo talked about how he did that and the thing about getting them all to sit differently in the the eating area and moving the chairs around and stuff like that. Maybe that wasn't enough. And he wasn't... Maybe Juarez either... Wasn't able to control it or whatever the case. And lost his place in the team and yeah. wasn't maybe travelling with them. So who knows what happened on the road as well. But, I mean, l- last bit, Juarez is on a contract to come back next year. As is Russell. As is Russell. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we all pretty are sure that if Juarez is not going to be back. But if they bring him back and they can't move him on and they have to bring him back, that is an awkward first day 
in the locker room well, preseason. In one sense, I think it's going to be awkward for Russell with anyone who's back, other than maybe Danielle. Yeah, I mean, even Kai wasn't like he wasn't overly enamored. I don't think and, he was impressed as a guy who knows what it is yeah. to have. I suppose if you room. haven't moved Kendall on by that point as well. So I mean, there's all those things. But we've got a lot, lot more to chat about, and we'll be back with some of that after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Here, so we're at the carnival, so we're at the circus. See life, it's just a particle, living in dark times, hope it's worth it, the circus. The circus life, get too caught up in the hearts inside the circus. The circus life, lonely time, shut the curtains tight. First thing the light goes, then jaws will drop like pine cones. I'm repping it, mate, with the right flow. Some dickheads that'll walk on tight ropes. Hit any circus now, you'll find those a hand keeps going and mate, their time goes. Seen it all before, see they come and go and then talk some more. Got fucking animals, weak men that are taxable, deep men that are practical, sheep men that are laughable. One weird guy that looks like a turtle, some play hoops and go round in circles. There's some grumpy cubs called a muscle, mate, the circus, plenty hurdles. Here, so we're at the carnival. So we're at the circus See life, it's just a particle Living in dark times, hope it's worth it The circus, the circus life Get too caught up in the hearts inside the circus The circus life, lonely time Shut the curtains Mad Hat McGore We've brought him back for the second week running Because it went down so popular last week Scottish rap That was the circus Which felt very apt Because it felt like a bit of a circus on Tuesday At Whitecaps Media Day you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful and national hosting, British Columbia. Was it so beautiful on Tuesday? No. So much more to talk about. So, there clearly is some kind of a divide. Whether Or there's a couple people with a diff- different perspective yes, on how They've things... seen things play out differently over the yeah. course of the season. Now, did it come before or after Robbo's sacking? Now, Bobby said, well, Steve said that Bobby said on sport on TSN, which I haven't had a chance to listen to that. Oh, no. Was it on TSN? No, I, I asked the question. You asked the question. I asked the question yeah, of the... when uh, when did you, when did the front office first uh, hear of this divide going on in the locker room? Because it was after he said we had heard there was a divide going on. So I wanted to know when it happened. And I could have sworn he said a third into the season. Yeah, a third into the season. So he, he did okay. say that. So okay. he did say that. Right. And then, so uh, I wish I could have followed up. He was sort of like, uh, I can't remember, but roughly a third into the kind Which of is thing. like yeah. 10, 11 games into the year. Which is like April, May. Yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah. there. Which is interesting. On Sportsnet, he talked the. He talked about specific. There had been an incident yeah. three months ago that he had to speak to Robbo about. Obviously, he didn't explain what, what the incident was. Yeah. Stefan Marinovic had talked. Oh, can I guess or no? I'm not to guess. Oh, I think we could we could have some cracking <laughs> guesses. Let's open that up to Twitter. No, actually, let's not. Um, no, but do you think if I guess I'd get it right? Maybe. Oh, okay. What do you think the incident was? Well, I don't think I can say that. <laughs> oh, after the all that. Is, the guess is, you can't say the guess. Even. That's how um, bad it is. I mean, Stefan Marinovic kind of basically said that as well that something was said in the locker room and gave a kind of analogy of what if one of you journalists oh, said yeah. something and then wasn't kicked out for it and then the rest of you would think well if it's all right for them to say it why can't I say it so obviously I take that to mean someone disrespected the coaching staff and maybe spoke up against them and got away with it or 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 another player or another player yeah yeah but then players do senior players are expected to have a go at other players what I found baffling was that Bobby was so honest 
that's not what's baffling. But when he was asked, <laughs> did, did the front office know about it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we did. And when, when they said that, we all looked at each other like, oh, I wasn't expecting them did, to say yeah. that, that they actually knew about it. Yeah. Like, that's what I already said, like what I said yeah. earlier in the show is like, it was like, yeah, you knew about it. And then he, and I think his follow up was, yeah. And they were like, why didn't you do something? We had and a management team in we, place. We had a management team. He, he was like, it was their fault. This is their, yes. this is all their fault. That's why we fired them. Like Now, like, playing devil's advocate on that. Why if, is everyone into Satan on this show? <laughs> I've always been. Oh, sorry, Goff, yeah. <laughs> it was Halloween this week. Yes, we or my wedding see. anniversary, as it's also known. Which is, I don't know. Two hellish scary. nights in one. <laughs> but playing devil's advocate. If Bobby said, oh, yeah, we knew about it, so then we, we tried to get involved, they would then be saying, why are you getting involved in the running of the team? That's not your job. That's the management no, no, team's but you, job. But you can say you know about it. You don't, like, it was the follow-up comment of, yeah, it was their responsibility. Yeah. I do feel, though, it is the coaching staff's responsibility on the whole to nip things in the bud that's going on amongst their squad. I do feel right. so, okay, but here's Robert the, should be but like, this, look, there's a divide here. We need to get to the bottom of this and get all right. this sorted. But this goes back, Michael, to the whole issue of, yeah, the only it appears the only people who have ever been accountable in the MLS era are the coaches and the players. Yes. Yeah. You are ultimately responsible for those those people, and there's no accountability for you. No, hundred percent, and I even think it goes a little higher. Even I yeah. think it goes up to the ownership level, like the ownership. If if the front office was hearing about this a third of the season, they sh- and if it was like they heard about it, they should have been going to ownership and telling them about it. And, and what do ownership make of what they heard on Tuesday as well? I mean, they must be yeah. thinking, what is going on at our club? Or you were hoping they are asking the questions. What is going on at our See, club? Another, another in another sport. It just happened this week or last week. I can't remember. One of these weeks, there was a team. Well, the owners, the future owner of the Columbus Crew, um, the coach and the uh, offensive coordinator, apparently were clashing. The Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Cleveland yeah. Browns. And then um, uh, they essentially fired the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Both of them gone because they were clashing. They needed. They didn't want that anymore. So they basically got rid of both of them. And that was like what six games? No, eight year games into the season this year. So it, ownership has done this in the past, where they if they feel like something's like this going on, they they jump in and they and they cut it out. Whether it's just talking to the coaches and the players or doing something else, but it doesn't seem like it happens here no. in Vancouver. Obviously, Kerfoot, we see his son playing, but we don't know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't. Yeah, I mean, there's no visibility. No, there's no and visibility like, at all. You would have hoped that some of the owners would may have gone on local radio to to address that, that situation this week as well. But it looks like they didn't know about it. Like Jeff Mallet. I mean, after they've had it on Tuesday, they had all this rest of the week to go on radio and talk about it. Yeah. Jeff Mallet is, uh, sounds like a very smart guy. Um, he obviously done great with Google, he, San Francisco giants. giants. I think he's former owner of former Derby. The, so, so he's obviously got his hands in a lot of things. He loves living down in California but so that's that means he's not going to be here every day to oversee the thing, and we're just left with people who are just kind of in the same, like you said, ever since they gone to MLS, it's the same group every time. Well, and that same, except for the first year, in that same group they they've been that they've been at the club and and or in their roles since well before MLS. Oh yeah, I mean the other thing, like. Bobby was accused of washing his hands of the whole situation. Kind of backtracked a little bit on the that next day. On, the, on the two oh, radio yeah. interviews so that we, he did. Oh, you and I talked. Yeah. yeah. They, he, they sat down after this with the communications people, I'm sure. 
and they said, you need to, on these follow-up things, you need to say this, you need to say that. People were crying out for the fact that he took no responsibility. So what's the first thing he says? So to me... Yeah, because that was the whole soccer... All the problems, all the divides yeah, in the soccer The front side. office is fine. It's the soccer ops people that are the problem. Well, lower lower is, than us is, are the problem. Is, is he part of the soccer ops? Well, he's the head of it. Well, he's well, the yeah, head yeah. of it. But yeah. so... No, but to me, the real Bobby and how he really feels about things, you saw on Tuesday. On the follow-up on the on TSN and on Sportsnet, Spin cycle. that was the, hey, we got to fix some problems because there's problems with the with the reality, with the I mean, truth of what Bobby you said. Bobby has said to me before that sometimes real too, he just lets his mouth go when he's doing interviews. That felt like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday seemed more like careful, and, okay, this is really what we need to see it's here. It's a problem. As, as yeah, you say. Yeah. And the thing is, is panic. and, and the, well, my biggest panic. pet peeve on that day, and I know you had additional questions, but yeah. the interview with Bobby was cut off. Yes. Yeah. And I don't. I like to ask him about to get him out of the fire. When yeah. it's end of the season. Now, I don't know. It was if, 27 minutes, though, to be fair. I don't know if the media ops. This, well, when something like that happens, it's going to it's gonna last a while. I don't know if the media ops cut it off or Bobby gave some kind of hand signal. Like uh, to get him off some kind of. I thought of su- I killed him in my question about Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that was going to be the last question. I would mean, yeah. have had a better one. Yeah. But. He was on, on Sportsnet and I believe on TSN Radio yeah. as well. He was quick to praise Robbo, though. Yes. He has said that the club is in a, a far better position than it was when Robbo took over he, five years he, ago. So that was nice he, to hear. Because well, it has felt like he's kind of thrown Robbo under the uh, bus again, quite a again, lot. Again, but again it could fixing be his mistakes. Yes, fixing mistakes. Yeah. But I'm just saying it was nice to actually hear that. But again, the, that's Michael, that's them sitting down saying, you need to say some of the things people want to hear. This, yeah. Like to me, that's not the truth of of how he really feels, and and like you saw a lot of the truth of how he really feels yeah. about a number of things in that twenty seven minutes. But taking the soccer side out of it, then if that's what they want to do, this club has to be far better on the business side huh. in so many ways. Whether it's going from sponsorship to to get, and I've got another possible arm sponsor, Endy, the mattress company. So it's not so obvious you've got a bell Endy, yeah. yeah. So I think that would be would be quite good. But they, just the whole business side, Bobby talked about, again, I think this might have been the Sportsnet thing. There's been so many things, it's hard to remember what it was. He was asked, what what is the identity of this club? Yeah. And he said, oh, to be an important part of the community. Now, I feel that's nice, but that should not be your first answer. Oh, man. The, it's a football club. You are there to win on the pitch. Being part of the community is a great little add-on that you do. That's not your main thing to do. This is a drastic, drastic problem, right? You, when you don't know who you are, how can you do anything well? Yeah, like, Russell talked about there was no identity. But okay, but Russell too, like Russell too. This is I didn't really this his answers or his talking about that didn't line up with what he said a couple of weeks ago. So after the coaches were gone, they were like talking, and he's like, "Yeah, we know our identity. We know who we are this year." We're trying to play on the calendar. We're trying to score more goals. This is who we are this year. Then when the season's over, it's dead. You're trying to deflect. You're trying to put blame on places. You're like, we didn't have an identity. Those statements do not add up. No. Right? Whenever anyone from the front office, whether it's uh, Bob Leonard Doozy or Greg Anderson or one of the owners, whenever they're asked about the identity of the club, it's always the same fallback. We want to be there to develop Canadian players. Which, okay, which is, an, which is another problem because they say that publicly. And then they don't do it. And then they don't do it and they create barriers to it. 
Right. Well, it seemed like that was another thing that he wasn't happy with the coaching staff that they weren't playing the yeah. younger players. I, I, I do, and I do the feel you... the barriers that's there yeah. have been put there by the coaching staff. No, yeah, no, that no, was no, the no, question no. Okay. I actually I, asked. I, I disagree with that a little bit. I, I, does the coaching staff play a role? Yes. However, but when you say publicly, we one of the things like you said, they always say about this: we want to develop Canadian players. But then you say to the coaching staff, "Yeah, we want to do that, but you can't lose." Yes. Right. Those things. We know have when you look at it over these last eight years don't work together. They, they, there's a there's a disconnect between those two things, in my in my in my I, opinion. And luckily for Bobby this year, uh, New York Red Bulls are top of the one conference, and Sporting Kansas City is top he, of the other conference. Which he which he, he loves. He talks about lots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. But they're we're gonna we'll come to that and for me do our MLS round. I've had like plays it at their hands wonderfully. But they don't. <laughs> It does in one sense, but they don't talk about the money no. they spend on transfer fees no. for some of the young players that they have. Yeah. But this is now a, a, so, it's a, it's a so, reset, it's so, a rebuild. No, no okay, getting okay. Around Before this, I talk no. about that word, because that's another enraging word, but uh, how can you not know who, like who you are? Like this is yeah. they said two years well, ago. The new coach will set. A new they identity. said two years. No, but yeah. the coach can't set the identity of the well, club. But, well, it depends what you mean as the identity. For me, the identity of the club is what they do in the pitch, and that falls in the coaching staff. No, the culture. Bobby, Bobby seems to go with the identity of the club is what you do off the pitch, and to me, no. I don't give a toss what they do off the pitch. But the, okay, identity and culture to me are close, closely tied. Okay. But, they, but the, hmm. well, the culture that they have is is it's just business. It's about it's the dollars and cents. That's the culture, and they're reaping so they're reaping the rewards of that in my in my in my opinion, um, because they don't care about human beings and relationships and all those kinds of kinds of things when it gets deeper down in my opinion um but uh they the your identity you have to know you have to know who you are and then the whole the whole culture talk there you can't the the coach will play a role in your playing style michael and and how you yeah. get those results but their need and they've talked about it they've said oh to tie in with their we want to raise up young players they said we want to be ajax they don't understand what IX is. IX isn't just solely about identifying players. It's a whole ethos of what they are as a club and how they, and how they do things. the The problem is at the Whitecaps, the leadership is not strong. The, the, there is not strong leadership. There is a a reactionary leadership. That's what that's what the, those interviews on TSN and Sportsnet were. They were reacting to the poor response from the day before. Yes, that's all they. That's that. That's well, their they, primary they had to, way they were of putting out fires by that point. No, but because that, I've never seen Twitter blow up. But like that's that. who they are, Michael. When I when we had supporters, when you sit in meetings and you hear them talk about certain things, you know they're just reacting to things. There's no like. We're going to do this because we believe it is right. We're going to do this because it is the best way. We're going to do this because it is excellent. No, it's all about reaction, no, and reacting to dollars and cents. You're eight years into the MLS era. And it's unacceptable. And this club is as big a mess as it's ever been in, in in the whole eight years. Even that first season, which was a shambles. And, and there needs to be accountability for that. There definitely does. And... It's what happens then with that. Now, now the, well, one thing we have to say, though, it did get them on the front pages yes. of the papers. And also, the Canucks were playing the Chicago, and all they could talk about was the Whitecaps, the radio station. So I know all, the, know all the radio guys were, were leading with that. Yeah. Because it was juicy stuff for them. Yeah. I, the, the culture thing. I was going to come to that in the next part, but I'll Sorry. mention that now. The culture thing. That was one of his quotes. He said, we have a culture problem here at the club. Culture, for now, me, is set up you the can, top. You can read into that 
in a lot of different ways as to exactly what that might mean, but that's a scary thing to hear. Culture starts at the top. At the top. And by the people who have been there the longest. And those are the people at the Whitecaps who have set and created a culture that is not positive and, I'm gonna, and that it does not help them move forward. I'm going to say even the hard, higher than that, That's the culture is set by the ownership. But the ownership, because they are publicly... Uh, the primary owner is publicly oh. not not is not visible visible as the default to that is the people they've made visible yeah and that is Bobby that is Greg Anderson that is Rachel Lewis so to me this still oil falls on the ownership true but ownership is not going to take any 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 they're not going to take any they're not going to be accountable maybe either the, maybe the problem is is the pressure hasn't been put on ownership instead of it always being put on the front office and the front office feels because there's no pressure on the ownership that they can get away with anything but, because of the but you could put it but those front office people they are protected by the way the system that they've set up yeah, they're yeah. protected by it oh I agree because with that. it's always a group or it's always the invisible hand yeah, yeah. but who sets that up that's what I'm trying to yeah. say yeah. now this could be the end of this section with this next question that I'm going to ask because this could be oh, a ten minute rant from from Zach possibly but we talked in last week's show about the banner. The Three Stooges oh. banner. A vocal one already. Yep, that was brought up, uh, I think, in question number five by Jay Janowar's, like, initial opening barrage to, to Bobby. Um, I I laughed when Bobby said, oh, the artwork wasn't very good. I mean, that that, that was a funny line. But you could... It but it wasn't... It didn't capture the, like, <coughs> didn't capture the likeness Because it wasn't well. even their likeness. I looked at the thing. It was Yeah, it was actually, the proper actually, Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah three it was. With their names you, The thing is, if you watch that, you watch the video... You can tell it bugged him. Oh, oh you can tell. That's why he made the joke to oh. deflect. You can tell, in my opinion, you can tell it bothers him. And the way he responded to that series of questions, yes. you can tell it bothered him. The biggest well, problem, the biggest problem with what he said was, he said the people who feel this way are the vocal minority, yes, that's and they're not important to, to us. Is what he said. The problem is he didn't say those exact words. He, he implied that. He's he's that. I, I know. I'm just wanting yeah. to, to it's stress very he impl- didn't say it's, those exact It's very words. implicit, though, Michael. Yeah, they're the vocal minority. I don't care what they say. I'm staying here. I have thick skin. I'm staying here. The yeah, problem he is that, very clear. that vocal minority is the people is the people who um, do the uh, support in the most vocal vocal ways. And so you are telling uh, a very significant part. I know some people say it's one percent of the stadium, or less than ten percent of the stadium, or whatever. But that is who they've based their whole marketing campaign on yeah. for years and years and years. Yep. And you are basically saying we don't care about you and what you think because it it's offensive to us or it's a threat to us. And now they're going to have to deal with the fallout of that. And I, and the the it goes back to Carl Robinson's sacking. If you look at if you look at the social media responses to stuff, and usually I wouldn't say you know go read all the comments or whatever, but if you look on their social media, the responses to that, the two key responses were this: they were, we're happy that you made this decision, but Bobby has to go, or the wrong person went, Bobby has to go, and there is a like a groundswell of not just a vocal minority of people, not just the supporters who sing at games, there is a huge, uh, a growing groundswell of people who have recognized that this group of, uh, this group in leadership have not been doing, not been, not been good leaders and need to be replaced. It's very dangerous to dismiss a groundswell like that as a vocal minority. What I will say is the supporters groups in the grand scheme of things, considering you get 22,000 in the stadium, 
are the minority of the overall right. fan base. But so that I get that that's why they like to play a minority, minority, a minority number. But, yeah, but, but remember, they like to play on that, and I, re- I get that. If you want to uh, just go on one thing, and we talked about it when Robbo was fired, uh, when they did that poll on a mainstream radio station, first thing in the yeah. morning, yep. they did it, and it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 70% combined was front office and ownership yep. was to blame. For the team, I don't know if your numbers right, but yeah, the, well, they were the top I'm, two. I'm, yeah, I'm combining yeah, it. Yeah. I think combined is seventy yeah. to seventy-five percent. Robbo hardly him. got any of the votes. He was last. Yeah, yeah. But it, it it's dangerous, and it's just angered the people that are are, are being vocal really to to start with. And it, it's not when you're wanting to reset, when you're wanting to rebuild. But I do know there has been a lot of issues on both sides this year, which we're we're going to come to. We, when we, we speak need to, to talk Kendall, about that word reset after too. Yeah, well. Let's continue this chat then, after these messages. Hi, I'm Jordan Much, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Hello, mate. All right? Yeah, I'm all right. For once in my life, I've got something to say. I want to say it now, but now is today. Love is Sham 69, if the kids are united, they will never be divided. So not the White Cats locker room then. That song definitely not about them. Maybe they can play next year. Maybe. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Muscarum Territory at the University of British Columbia. So continuing all this White Caps chat, so much more to get. Reset. We talked about the reset, no. and it feels like it's going to be a reset. And Zach, you hate the word reset. What, what well, word would you rather use then? Well, it's not. It's not the rebuild. Word. I prefer. It's not the no, word. It's not a rebuild because ML in soccer you don't rebuild. Rebuild is like three, four year program. Hmm. So you can't really call it a rebuild. A reset makes more sense because you're resetting all the players it, and the team. It's coaches. not the word in and of itself. Yeah, it's just the frequency with which I've heard this word. From the Whitecaps front office. Oh, I gotcha. Whenever okay. there's been a problem with the, with the supporters. Yeah. Uh, after, oh, so you've heard it person, oh, oh, so personally. many times. Because I haven't heard them use it publicly. We reset. We reset our relationship. Oh, no, yeah. We restart we, over, over, over and over again. And now it's the, – <laughs> they said it, I think, at the town hall at least once, Michael, if not multiple times. Yeah. Um, and so – they're, so yeah, it's a word, word you've heard a lot yeah. and, you, and you're oh. getting tired of it. It was, so it's like, it was that's meant to be a reset that whole town hall but and then it, everything went to shit after it. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like the little boy who cried wolf. Yeah, you yeah, stop okay. listening gotcha, when, they, gotcha. when they, you know. And you do want to stress that you do like Bobby. No, like, so I've, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this in the break. <laughs> yeah, no, like my, my problems with Bobby Leonard Uzi are not, like I don't like not like him as a person or think he's a bad person or anything like that. I just don't think he should be in the role that he's in based on how he's performed in that role. Uh, you know, like, it, I, don't, I don't think Vancouver Whitecaps FC can progress in the way they could under his leadership. 
And so I don't say that like to be mean or to not nice to him or whatever. I think he's a terrible person or whatever. I just don't think that they can move forward in the ways that they could if was someone else was given the opportunity. So you're here to hear first. Mm-hmm. Zach wants Tommy Swan back. No, what? <laughs> That's no. not even funny. No, Paul Barber. He was well, oh, no, well, Paul Barber. Okay, Paul Barber. The problem with Paul Barber was he didn't like the supporters at all. He, yeah, he didn't like supporter. <laughs> he didn't like the supporters, but actually, he actually did a lot of good things for the club. Yeah, except for supporter relations, where he was a bit of a nightmare. Yes. But um, but he but the problem with uh, what happened with Paul Barber is what happened with everyone else in, in, in at Vancouver Whitecaps. Once you get offside with Bob, Bobby Anderson and Lewis, then they they get rid of you or they they freeze you out or they make you want to leave. And he he's a he's just another example of that. Now, we got a tweet from Jonathan at Lodge D Vancouver. I never know how to pronounce that, but he said that Shad brought up wages as a potential reason for the divide between the players oh, rather than necessarily personalities, comparing Juarez, Blundell, Teixeira, to Tybert, Levi's, Narinsky, etc. He feels that is understandable, and it might be why Tybert may have wanted to speak out about playing for the club. He feels that Russell deserves to speak out about commitment because he's always leads by example in that regard. But Optimist Anonymous at High on Caps replied, just because he deserves it doesn't mean that he should speak out. Right, totally. Like, there is some truth in some of the things Russell said. We've talked about some of those things already. And Ronan T. Allen says that you're really fired up and you're going to be exhausted by the end of the night. Yeah, I actually was. Uh, you obviously can't see this on radio, but I was telling, I was t- trying to do the calm down, Zach, because I, I do want him to make it to the end of the show, because I think we're going to go beyond one o'clock today. Very possibly. Right. Never. <laughs> if we're talking about a reset, a rebuild, whatever, part of that obviously comes with the new coach. Wait, can we use a different word? No, we're moving on. No. Mark DeSantos. A rezoning? A, re- <laughs> a rezoning. What will oh. the NIMBY say about that? I, I don't know. know. I don't know who NIMBY is. <laughs> Mark DeSantos. Who? I don't know. He's some guy. That, he's played against the Whitecaps Coach, in the past. Coach Montreal. Yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's where I know the name from. Yeah. I don't know what he will have made of watching like his future potential locker room implode in front of him. That would have been interesting to get his thoughts on that. Because LAFC will come to that, but they're out of the playoffs now. So Mark DeSantos can get announced any time. What I was told was Mark DeSantis was appointed the Friday before the Portland game. So he should be Oh, that soon. Friday? I yeah. thought it was the Friday be- no, after no, that. No, Friday before the oh, Portland okay. game. and Like the deal was signed. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 signed or agreed upon, a agreed, verbal agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's Mark DeSantis because I was just told the deal was done that day and it should be Mark DeSantis. Although I do want to talk about uh, another coaching candidate in, in a second. But DeSantis' coaching style... We won't go into it in a lot of detail just now. We'll do it after his appointment. He likes to f- he play a 3-5-2. He likes to, to have Brazilian players, so more <laughs> Latin connections there. So, But, I mean, any future coach, whether it was DeSantis or anyone, sitting watching that on Tuesday, what are they going to think of the club that they're coming to? It's in shambles. D- does that benefit them? Because they think, well, can't take it much lower than this. But you've got all the soccer community in North America saying... I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's one one sense. Yeah, it's at a low point, so it's it's not going to be hard to bring it to a high point, or, you know, to get, or to get it higher than where it is right now. Yeah. But the pro the problems for an incoming coach are still dealing with uh, the limited spending 
in, in spite of potentially the, the the Davies money. We have the Davies lottery, and and that was another and more so money. There could be additional. That was money another too. another phrase that Bobby says that people misunderstand when he says the coach has final final decision on the players. Yes, final say. Right. Final say on the that's right. Final say on the players. But then it, it, again, he doesn't talk about doesn't talk about DPs. So it's not like the yeah. coach they have like, to get run by the committee. Right. But then it's up to the coach to say, okay, I will sign them. Right. And so, right. So, but he said there has to be an ask and that it is the committee that will decide if that player is, fits with them or if they can accommodate or forget with yeah. some kind of word like that. Um, so, so whoever's coming in is, has to deal with that. And, and I, I, you have to think anyone coming in who has any type of connections in North American football knows who these people are and how they function. Yeah, I would expect Mark DeSantis knows that. Even, Very much so. Even and, and and even if he's coming, somehow he must think he can work through or around or yeah. well, or change that. Bobby has hinted several times now that there's going to be a change within the front office. Which, from reading between the lines, it has to be a technical director. And if it's or, Mark DeSantos, or it his could brother be, Philip fits that role it perfectly. Might not, it might not be officially a technical director. It could be a scouting staff. Yeah, he has talked so, about that before. He still has John Park over in Glasgow doing his scouting. Yeah, from his house, probably. Yeah, probably. I could do that. Um, the same accent. Well, didn't you do that for in your other role? I've done it for TSS yeah, Rovers. When, yeah, yeah, one of your eight hats at TSS yeah, Rovers. We've never made the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> let, let's move on quickly from that. My scouting's clearly not that great. Um... But no, I mean, he has hinted at what I take to be a technical director. Philip DeSantos has served as a technical re- director and to his brother. He's got a lot of contacts. He's been the assistant to, I think it was Nick Dazovich in the U20s of Canada. So he's got a lot of connections. So that could be the crucial bridge that would make someone like Mario DeSantos come here because he's got this, he's got someone else that he can bounce things off. And and the thing is, the Santos you were mentioning, like you know, you know what he's going to inherit when he gets here and everything, and what he's going to have to deal with. Like four players, but Re- looks of it. <laughs> Remember, he's the one that led a team to a championship. Where, although they didn't announce it officially, I'm sure there were rumors that this team was not going to be lasting through oh, the year. Oh, they, they knew before they yeah. played the championship. Oh, yeah. So they there you go. And over. I'm sure he's even before that. They oh knew. yeah. So yeah. they knew the rumors. So he was able to lead a team that knew they had no future. So at he's that used to a shambles. Yeah, he, but <laughs> exactly. uh, you're right. Uh, yeah. He, oh, and he, as you mentioned before, he worked with Joey Saputo, so he knows yeah. how to deal with the people. Furry. He knows how to deal with a big cheese. But um, and he was he's a furry. But but the, the the Delta situation, it was easy. It was us against the world. Like yeah. that was really easy, which is very much in line with the Whitecaps mentality <laughs> over the years, right? It's us against, uh, you know, everyone's against us in MLS. The referees, the league itself, our our limited spending, whatever, yeah. blah, you know, all these things. The supporters. Now, a lot of folk. I mean, the, the view in DeSantos is mixed. There's folk that wanted a bigger name. We talked about all this last week. Go and listen to that show. It Episode 306. It hasn't just been a case that the Whitecaps have just had this one guy and it's like, okay, that's the only guy we want to talk to. They have talked to other candidates. One we know of for sure. One we definitely know of for sure. And I'll, I'll go over a, a little bit of the details of that And you could have helped me with my dental problems. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about it on a previous show. <laughs> And we weren't really sure initially where it came from. So we did a little Icelandic bit of digging. Guy? Yeah, the Icelandic guy. They did speak to Heimer Halgrimson, the guy that guided Iceland to the Euros and to the World Cup. So that would have been a big name international manager. 
But it's not just the fact that they spoke to him. What we've been told is he first came on their radar in about August. So Paul Robo was still around. He flew to Toronto. But Michael, they weren't thinking about people. No, I know. It's Come so, on, so, Michael. so surprising. He flew to Toronto to watch the second leg of the Voyager's <laughs> Cup game and was still interested amazingly after that. Oh, my. Then he flew to Vancouver to watch the game and then th- that was it. And then Robo got sacked. Now, the, I just want to just clear it up a little bit. The information was that the 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 person he they found out his group found out that Robbo was getting fired in August, and so he went on his own to study the team. He was studying the team on his on his own on accord. his own on yes. his own accord. Yes, the Whitecaps. So didn't the, fly the, the Whitecaps didn't fly because I just don't because it sounded like you were saying oh, that. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I wasn't so, yeah. that. Yeah, he flew over just to, on to his own, and then he flew to Vancouver to study the team in person and on tape too, and then chose not to. And no, no, then well, he interviewed. No, oh. they they did a phone interview with him liked what he was going to bring to the table. So then he flew to Vancouver, met face-to-face with a couple of the owners, uh, Greg Anderson, a few other people in the Whitecaps. He'd been studying the team since August, so he knew all about it. He thought he was getting the job, but then was told the Friday before the Portland game that, nope, sorry, we've appointed someone else. Wait, did you say this is Frank Yallop? Because <laughs> this is eerily familiar. The Icelandic Frank Yallop. Does Iceland. Frank Yallop do dentistry work? Uh, with his, with his, with his right I, foot. I, He's probably knocked a few watching, teeth out before. Watching some of his teams so has maybe wanted to pull my teeth out, I've got to say. <laughs> so it's not just that they had looked at DeSantis. They have looked at other candidates. So I, he would have been an interesting one. But I do like the appointment but, of DeSantis. So aside from... If it's him. Aside from... The Icelandic fellow, um, you know, doing his background information, background, you know, uh, studying of things, which is smart. I think the FO, this is good for them. They, they, they will like, they would, this is the kind of information they'd want out there that we search for it someone. It wasn't them that told me. No, I'm, not saying, I'm not, sorry, I'm not saying it was. But this is the kind of information they, they will want out there because, like they did last time with Bob Bradley. They wanted everyone to know, well, we had Bradley. Like, we were in. Oh, we were in for DDA Drogba. And, like, you know, just in. It, it kind of makes them look like they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and they're connected in the football world. I can list a lot of players that they were in for. I can probably do this now. <laughs> John Terry. Five, five. You, I think you thought I was joking when I talked about John Terry. No, I just he, laughed because I, that's what I think of John yeah, Terry. Yeah, he, ne- he nearly did join the club this year. In the past, Lee Griffiths. Oh, plays yeah. Plays for Celtic now. He was on loan at Wolves. <laughs> Robo wanted to bring him here. So did Owen Coyle. Wait, are we doing a whole list now? Well, I'll just thought oh, I'd mention Oh, should I get the flash five? <laughs> no. Owen Coyle wanted to bring him here as well when he was at Houston. So they said, well, okay, let's just agree that neither of us will bring him here. Then he went to Celtic and lit it up. He does have, I think, children by three different women, so maybe didn't fit the character <laughs> that, that the White Cats have. Or maybe that would have been a, a great locker room. Who knows? He, he, also, we're talking about John Terry a second ago. Um, oh, yeah. Something about wives, isn't it? Yeah. Um well, can he we burned talk, his bridge. Can we talk about more more players? More players? I, I, I do know that Alfonso has a future teammate that could have been a white cap. Yes. Yes, I <laughs> let's do. Not, let's do not know talk that about that, well. In more detail. Let's not Mu- music to people's ears. <laughs> but whenever the new coach, Mark DeSantis, <clears throat> I tweeted out that Bobby was talking about the new coach, and then I did cough, Mark DeSantis' yeah. cough, and folk thought Bobby had actually gone <laughs> cough, Mark DeSantis' cough. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. no. 
sorry about that. Obviously, Twitter doesn't cover things the way that I want. But who knows how many players he's going to come back to. There is 10 on contract. Steve did his excellent annual in oh, yeah, out yeah. on the bubble this week. and Where was I, Steve? Someone oh, pointed out to me by DM. Do you, you didn't obviously deliberately do this, but you got rid of all of Avid and David Baldwin's clients in that. No, in I didn't. I didn't even check to see who were the who were the um, the clients or anything like that. And no. if you haven't followed Avid's Twitter meltdown this oh, week geez. with Mike Martinego on Glass City, check that out. If the tweets are even still up, that was so phenomenal. I, think I, I have a feeling what most a of them were deleted. <laughs> a lot of them were deleted. It seemed like oh. just because because the, the when I uh, at one point I went back on and it was talking about a lot of because uh, Aaron Ramsey is like. Oh, but Arsenal did. fans are on them now as well. No, no. I think they've been no, backing forward with them as well. I, no, no. Like, those were the ones deleted. Aaron ah. Ramsey. Aaron. Uh, Aaron Ramsey uh, is like world wife. Uh, world. Worldwide. It's a world wife. No, no, no. I can't remember what it's called. The w- the you know world. the WWE, uh, WWF. Uh, yes. The world, wide, world wildlife. Fund. That's it. Okay. And so he was. Pandas he's, wrestling so each other. All the all the all the tweets were about that, about how they were trying to save the uh, the wildlife. Oh. And so they, I think they deleted all the other tweets. Oh, yeah, was, the bus stops <laughs> then. A couple, a couple quick things. One, oh, I can't remember my second thing now. Okay, but one is uh, just what to cl- the fourth thing? just to clarify, David Baldwin, who was hired to be Greg Anderson's consultant. Uh, he's no lo- He's left with Robbo, right? Yes. That's- well, I'm, I'm taking it that that business connection will right. have. Ended. They're at a Starbucks right now. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. The yeah, Twitter is not a great place for um, <laughs> the best of times. For, no, sorry. Let me clarify. Oh, that was funny. Other Twitter- social media networks are available. Twitter is not a great place if you're a person who's concerned with truth. Um, insert social media. It's not yeah, a great no. place if you're interested in so the truth. So I, I was watching. Facebook may have had a few issues with that. In I w- no, because I was watching this as everyone else was, and as much as I understand people's perspective of, hey, avid people or David Baldwin or David Baldwin's people or whoever you are, it probably doesn't paint you in the light that you want to be painted in. Yeah. As much as I appreciate that, I can uh, I can understand a frustration of someone saying something that you feel is not true, that you need to correct or you need to bring light onto. I'm not saying that was appropriate. Well, let's talk about what what the big thing was, which was whether there was this bus stop that the the province reported that there had been a bus stop in the locker room in Toronto after the Voyager's Cup. Bus stop is a bit of a strong language. I mean, the the province basically said that one of the coaching staff told, Bobby came in and told him to basically fuck off is, is what they were saying. That's been denied by some parties, right? No, but that's the thing. Like it, it may, it may, it may not have been it, some whoever told the story might have said "f off," but actually they never said well, that, "f off." And that's they just the said, thing. You avid, guys avid, the avid people might just be saying, "Look, part of this information we told is incorrect because no one told them to yeah. f off." They told him to get out because it's not yeah. his place or whatever. Yeah, they didn't want him there. That's how I because, was told it. Yeah, because they don't want him there because he's not renewing their contract yeah. or whatever, which would totally make sense. But apparently sense. other players have said it did happen. So. No, okay. So I well, There was a divide. I mean, who, who knew? No, okay. The only player I've heard from is someone who wasn't – it's not probably the person people are going to think it was, but it was not It was not someone who was there, but they heard – they were already in the team, team bus and they heard that something happened. Hmm. But they weren't able to say it was X, Y, or Z. Well, let, let's get on to some of the players and let's start with Kendall. I think this part's probably going to go into two parts, so not just Kendall. 
Now, it was a, everyone, all the media that were there on Tuesday, we arrived, we were just dying for Kendall. That's the main thing we wanted. We wanted to hear from Kendall and we wanted to hear you from You just Bobby. wanted to fall and see who was going to double down. Yes. Yeah. We fully expected him to sit down to go, yes, Pappy, I want to leave. He didn't say Pappy, but he did say he wanted to leave. What's your thoughts on him? We touched on this last week because you said the season was over. We disagree. What's your thoughts on him, though, still like being so vocal about this? He's sticking to his guns. He said he's a man of his word. He's an honest man. When he says he's leaving, he's leaving. Bobby's initial tone was, well, he's under contract, but he seems to have warmed, saying they've had four meetings and they're working all together to try and find an exit strategy. I'm, I'm going to do the opposite of Russell Tybert and not, not share everything I know about the situation. Can we call it Kexit? No. Wex it? No, that's not good. No. Wax it? No. <laughs> that reminds me of your other social media platform that you're yeah. talking about. Um, I, w- I was going to not go down a Priscilla. Yeah, yeah please. No, no. Okay. So um, here, here's, all, here's, all I, here's all I would say, and it's, I think, similar to what I said last week. I think there's more going on. There, there's definitely more going on to this than obviously is in the public. And there are things that Kendall has said slash alluded to that we don't know and we might never know. And uh, I'll say it this way. I trust uh, Kendall Watson. I I trust Kendall. I I, I know the guy. I've spent time with him. I trust him. You've broken bread? I've broken bread with him multiple times. It's been great, glorious, wonderful. Not great for the bread. No. No, well, yeah. So when he says that things are kind of untenable, things are, it's it's not possible for him to move forward here because of, Things that have been done or said or whatever, uh, I, I, I trust. I trust him that they are significant enough that they're not that they make his family feel unsafe or unwelcome or whatever. And I, I, even though I would disagree with you guys on the timing thing, I'm okay. Like I understand people are upset, and I understand how that plays in North America. I understand how that plays in this in the city. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge, I don't begrudge him, I don't begrudge him that because I know there's more going on. There, there's more going on there than we'll probably ever know. Yeah, and I right. don't, and I, I'm not saying I know everything either. I just I, there's more going on. He he did make the comment, which we played. If you're listening to this in the podcast, it will be in the the audio we played in the first part. Oh, but everybody's heard of this. Yeah, everybody's probably heard it. Anyway, yeah, I don't, right don't even know why I said that. <laughs> he did make the comment. That he doesn't like two-faced people. Yeah. Not a fan of Batman movies, clearly. No. What did he mean by that? I asked Bobby. What did Kendall mean by that? He goes, it wasn't me? No. Yeah, he was like, he turned all shaggy. <laughs> Kendall pointed fingers, it wasn't me. I don't That's know more like a Muppet. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know where he got that from. Is that a shaggy song? Yeah. 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 yeah, do you not know shaggy? I know who shaggy is, okay, yeah. yeah. I just don't know all his music. Yeah. Oh. That was his most popular Shaggy one. is a Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah you call him Mr. Fantastic. Actually, I'm not even sure now. Yeah. It's a rough time He also drove then. around with Velma and Daphne. Yeah, and, uh, Mr. I know Mission. him. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. He, I heard he just moved to Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the two-faced comments, I've no idea where we are with this now. What what did you take it to mean? Because I okay. I took it to mean the front office. Okay, but Bobby there, said there's it's not the front office. Okay, there was three options. Zach, Kendo assured Zach, him it wasn't. Zach, you don't have to answer this either. If you could, <laughs> in case you know yeah, too know. much. Oh yeah, that's true. Now for me, the speculation, and me and you talked about this too. Um, there was three options. Two face could either mean the front office, like everybody thought it we meant at that time. It could also mean uh, the players in the locker room. 
that he, he he didn't like the way those spoken. And I'm sure he was even speaking of stuff from that came from the Kansas City game that he probably from then that he was it was stewing in his mind. Number three, um, it could mean the stuff that happened from uh, months ago about how the, some of the supporters really railed against him mm-hmm. at that time. They cheer for him when he's on the pitch yeah. and then they attack him on social media. Exactly. So those are the my three guesses of what they are. Well, it's the latter that I'm going with now because I, I do oh. trust that Bobby had that conversation with Kendall and that Kendall said, yeah, I wasn't talking about you. So if he wasn't talking about the front office, I do feel he's talking about... Because I, I don't think it's the two-faced for players, but it could be. Yeah. But I do think he's meaning the supporters because I do know that there has been threats made to them as well. And so I haven't asked them about 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 that comment. My my perception would be it's definitely partly comments from players. Mm. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that it ties in with what Efren Juarez said, and so I, I think uh, that would that would be my guess. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of Bobby saying it wasn't me, I asked him, wasn't me? It's no one in the FO. It wasn't me. I yeah, I I, I haven't asked Kendall about that, um, and so yeah. I I do hope we can maybe get a chance to sit down with Kendall and have a little chat with him before he leaves. But I'm I thinking think, that's I th- probably not going to happen. Judging by you shaking your head, I don't know, yeah, I'm pretty sure by the time this podcast comes out, they'll be gone. Oh. I think, but don't quote me on that. But there are telephones. Yes. Anyway, we'll be back with some more chat about some more players after this. Hey, it's Ivan Runovic, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. So we're into part four. We have three more parts to go, I think, because <laughs> of the way that we're doing this. We'll maybe try and speed four, this up four a Four podcasts? Bit. Uh, folk, folk have nothing else to do this week. Have they? Well, I, I do, but that's we won't go into that. Hopefully I'll be here next week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to a hospital on Tuesday, so hopefully I'll be back next week. I'm out of town. I can't even come visit you. Oh, hopefully I'll be out the same day. I'm <laughs> hoping there's nothing going to keep me in a little bit longer. Sorry, I shouldn't. I will be out of commission though for Tuesday, so my Twitter might be quiet. Maybe we'll see. Can I tweet from a hospital? I don't know. We'll find out. So <laughs> they have Wi-Fi there. Yeah, I don't know if you like phones and if yeah, you are now. Yeah, yeah, you are now. Yeah. Talk about some of the other players now. Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara, who I had a really good one-on-one chat with after he did a scrum, but we're not bringing you that tonight. We just we had a nice. It had nothing to do with it. No, we had a nice there. chat just about his charity work. I really enjoy Kai Kamara. Yeah, I I hope he's back. I don't think he will be, but I I do. We talked last week. I feel they're going to lowball him and try and get him in on the cheap. 
Kai himself has kind of spoken to a few of us, kind of not on camera and stuff, and he doesn't even know if MLS is in his future plans because he wants to do what's the best for his family. Right. Uh, he just wants to win a championship. That's what he wants to tick off his to-do well, list. It sounds like he wants to win MLS Cup. He'd love to win the MLS Cup, but failing that, he'd like to win a championship. Staying another season here, I don't know that that's an MLS Cup winning no. side. Can can any start, coach turn did, a team around? Did that he quick? start with Kansas City, or that was that his first team, or was it San Jose? His best years were in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, he, who knows if he'll be back? He does have a home in Kansas City too. I say best years, best team years were in. Kansas well, City. second best ever season. I listened to an interview he had done when he first arrived here, when we spoke to him in January, and he said he still had a lot left in his tank because all the questions that were coming from some of the guys were about his age. He's thirty three. It's not exactly an old old no. man. And he, d- he surely has a lot left in his tank. I still think he does. We've, we won't go into it too much because we've talked about Kai a lot, but I, I hope he's back. He started with Columbus, actually. Ah. Another guy who knows what his future holds in store is Stefan Marinovic. He said he wants to be... He, he'd be excited to be part of a rebuild or a reset or, as Whitecaps scarf Can, suggested, redeployment. When you when you um, edit this, if you could just like bleep out reset every time, I think okay. that would be helpful. I think that's why it's explicit. It's to, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, for reset. But Stefan also said, and I took this and Steve did as well, as a little dig at maybe at Robo, he'd like to be part of a team that maybe puts defence first. Not as an after. So because I, I asked him, and I no, and the thing is, he got, actually got the biggest laughs of the of the day because he react. I, I asked him. I started off the question with, uh, "I don't want you to, th- I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus." Yeah. And he responded with, "Oh, that's a great way to start a question." Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was really funny. You had, you did great, Steve. I loved your question. But but the thing is, I, I honestly because everybody was throwing everybody under the bus, I didn't want him to do it. I just wanted to know his reaction of what he saw in front of him, and I thought he gave a really good answer. So to be fair, even though. Even though they, their their plan was to score more goals this year, whatever, and they were still a team that was set up to play on the counter, and that's how they wanted to score their goals. And I think we might have talked about this in the past, but in being a team that is a counter team or a transition team or whatever kind of language you want to use to describe that, at its base, or maybe not a good word, at its foundation. You have to be an avid, <laughs> have to have an avid mindset. Boy, there's so many words we can't use anymore. Um, at its foundation, Head. to be a good counter-attacking team, you have to be strong defensively. You have to have a good yeah. defensive self. I know it's an old uh, cliche, but defenses win championships. But, but so I don't think the intent was ever to be like, hey, let's be dodgy at the back, but hopefully we'll score more more goals. I don't think that was ever the plan. Obviously, we've talked in great length about the inability to replace the Kendall-Parker uh, partnership. Yes. And Kendall was asked about Parker going, and he was very honest when he was talking about money. He's like, yeah, give him more money than me. I didn't care. It's yeah. like I, I, he seemed really upset that, that Timmy had moved and then on. And he put him on his Instagram, a photo of them. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that was all interesting. And of course, we didn't actually touch about Kendall talking about not feeling safe at home, but we'll maybe do that another time. No point going over that because we don't really know what he meant. But back to goalkeepers, Stefan's future, who knows what lies in store there. I do think if he sits down with Mark DeSantis or whoever they coaches and has a chat, sees who maybe the new goalkeeper coach is, what the plan is, how the team is getting built, it could be enough to talk him round. I don't see a ton 
of European clubs clamouring to to bring him over there. So I mean, who who knows? He he could still be here next year. Another goalkeeper though, whose future is completely up in the air, is Spencer Ritchie. Came back from FC Cincinnati, flew well, in on Tuesday. He does have a future. Just don't know with who. Yeah, it's up, yeah. In, it's up, in, it's the up in the air. Yeah, we don't know who it's with. He had a, a really good end of the season with Cincinnati. Played in both the playoff games, got man of the match. Played in 12 of the last 16 games down the stretch. He must have like been coming in on Tuesday. I'm excited to see, hear how things went. Yes. <laughs> What's going on with all my old mates? Well, here I was the only one that was speaking to him. And he arrived as I was speaking to Effie. So they were standing <laughs> there for a little bit. Then he got taken outside... Probably uh, to get briefed yeah. as to what was going on. This as he is what, this is what going, you missed. Who, who's a coward? <laughs> what? What? Hey, what? Um, so, yeah, Spencer was back. I got a chance to, to speak to him about what the future lies in store and about the season he's had. So let's bring you that now. Spencer Ritchie. So, Spencer, an eventful year for you. Obviously, you were loaned out to, to FC Cincinnati. How did that come about, the chance to work with Alan Koch again? Obviously, he knew you very well from WFC too, but did you push to get loaned out for playing time, or was it all from the club? Um, no, I think it was uh, it was a back-and-forth conversation um, that I had spoken with Robo um, and Kersey towards the end of last season. Um they um, they kind of had told me that they, they were going to keep my option for the following year, and then that's when the plan started moving of what was the best um, option. The loan was kind of – a loan in general was the first um, thing that was thrown out by them, and I was on board with that. They had – Robo was honest with me and said that Mernovich was going to be the guy. Yeah. Um, and so I – you know, I'm you know that's all a player wants to hear really is the truth. Um, and so then once we got chatting about loans and – Obviously, the relationship with Alan in the past, um, you know, it made a lot of sense with their starting goalie moving on and it being such a good, uh, um, you know, situation there in the USL that it, it seemed to fall into place pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I was sad to see you go because obviously followed your career since you came here, but it did seem the best move for you to get your playing time. But then you went to Cincinnati and you weren't really in the team. Evan Newton was kind of mm-hmm. the starting keeper, yeah. obviously won the USL Golden Glove as well. Yeah. But, I mean, how did you feel at that point? Because you've got another club and then you're still sitting on the bench. No, I mean, halfway through the year, it sure didn't feel like the right decision, you know. Um, but, you know, I've I've been in this game three, four years now. Um, I know how long a season can be and how form can change. And, um, you know, the, not just of the guy you're competing against or maybe the team. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go in to decide um, who plays and who doesn't. So, no, I kind of had a, a bit of a, you know, a, a look in the mirror, so to speak, um, half this summer, and I knew that um, if I wasn't going to reclaim, um, you know, that starting position there, that um, the following season probably wouldn't have many options um, going forward. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a make or break year for me, and um, you know, you like to obviously play every single game, but the way that things transpired, and especially the way that the season ended, um, you know, for myself and how successful the team was there. Um, I thought it was the right decision and I would I would make the same one um, a year later. I know it was disappointing going out at the semi-final stage of the Eastern Conference, but for you personally, you've, you started 12 of the last 16 games, you were man of the match in the, the two playoff games. You've come back here now. 
how strong was that end of the season for you? Because I've watched a few of the games and you seemed in great form. Yeah, I, I mean, I said to you know to some of the the guys there that were um, you know some of the media guys that that cover the team that it was some of the best form that I've been in, in my career and my confidence has never been higher. Um, you know, I get a lot of questions about is he going to be here or there, yeah. um, and and I you know said the same to them as I say behind closed doors. It's truly I want to go to the place where I you know, that I think and what I hear from the coaching staff, uh, I'm going to have the best chance to, to potentially crack the team next year. Um, you know, and obviously there's the coaching vacancy here. So at the moment, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a waiting game, um, for both sides. So, you know, I love Vancouver. I really enjoy my time, uh, in Cincy, but for me, honestly, at this point, it's a strictly a, a soccer decision. Um, and that's, uh, you know, gather as much info as I can and obviously speak with both clubs here moving forward and um, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Everything's in the air at the moment. You, I read your, you mentioned it's like champagne problems in Cincinnati because yeah. you've got yeah. two good keepers there. No one knows what's happening with Stefan here. I personally think he's probably going to move on. I think that was his original plan. He didn't expect to be here past this year, but a lot can change. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be in a place where you know you're going to be the starter or you're at least in with a shot of being a starter and there's no point you coming back to a club and you're, you're told right away you're going to be on the bench yeah I don't think I mean obviously as somebody who hasn't you know cracked being an MLS number one you know if someone were to say you're going to be the guy next year then you know that's great news to hear up front but um, at the end of the day all that you really want to hear is is the truth from you know from the manager whether you you know have a a decent shot you have a long shot you know what are like legitimately what are your chances and I know things can change um, throughout the preseason and sometimes guys come in sharp sometimes they don't um, and that's the way the business but um, you know all you know as a player you want to hear coming in uh, preseason is that you know you'll you'll be competitive in that in that role and so whichever club um, you know can most close to that um, you know put on the table that that'll be you know my desired place. Last thing, Cincinnati obviously coming into MLS next year. Being in the city when that announcement happened and knowing that they're coming in, knowing the build-up, seeing the stadium plans, how exciting was that for you? And playing in front of those crowds, did it kind of just add to making you maybe want to sway in that direction? Yeah, I mean, it, there's it's a really exciting time, um, you know, to be a, a soccer fan in Cincinnati. I know that, um, you know, the city was really, um, you know, pleased obviously with our run, but it's particularly with our, our playoff win. The city hadn't um, won a professional playoff game in, I think, almost 30 years from, from the Bengals and Reds. So um, it's a little bit of a perfect storm. You know, the club's only three years old, but they've come in and they've done it the right way. Um, and, you know, they, they took advantage of a hungry, um, you know, sports um, state there in Ohio. So, like I said, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Cincinnati will be a great situation, um, you know, and, and they'll, they'll hit the ground running in the league next year. Um, you know, so whether I'm there, whether I'm here, you know, I, I obviously wish the other team nothing but the best. So, well, wherever you end up, Spencer, good luck to you, and it's been fun watching this year. Yeah, appreciate it's it, great. man. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it.
Where will Spencer Ritchie end up? Will it be Vancouver? Will it be Cincinnati? Could it even be somewhere else? Because he said there, he has to think about his future. He has to think where he has a shot at being a starter. Yeah. If Marinovic comes back, I don't think Spencer Ritchie has a shot at being the starter. I think if they bring Marinovic back, it's going to be they've said to Marinovic, you're the starter. Yeah, I, I think I think there is a chance that he goes back to Cincinnati as a deal. I, I would be stunned that if they don't take him in the expansion draft. Well, or, all, all you do is you trade him and you, they, they say yeah. they're not going well, to take they, anybody maybe else. Maybe they've got their eye on someone else in the expansion draft. Possibly. So And then do a deal to, to take Spencer. But I wanted to include that in this week's show just in case anything transpired pretty quick because <laughs> you, you never know, but... I really like Spencer Ritchie. I liked him when he was drafted. I liked what he's done in USL, and he's really come onto his game. Wish him well wherever he ends up. But, I mean, the defence has been a problem. And, I mean, that was something that Bobby did touch upon. He said that was one of the... What was it? it was the two things, Zach. One was the defence, and one was discipline. Discipline. It was, was the two big things the, that the club had fallen down on. The, then the third one was failure to, to win consecutive matches. Yes. And then the, Which the, is all, <laughs> all fair. It is all the reasons that the team unraveled. And then the, I, the I, perceived I, divide. I, perceived. I, I, I personally think it was a lot, and they didn't mention it, coming back from international breaks. We talked about it like a couple of weeks ago or last week or whatever. Whenever they came back from international break, it was a losing streak. Mm. And they just could not recover after. And they always went... They were fantastic going into the break, and then coming out, it was just like... Just and it just flat. came at the wrong time. Yeah, Always. Disappointing. But we'll, we'll see where Spencer Ritchie ends up. So many players, really, the, the, their futures are up in the air just now. And I guess another one of them is Felipe. Felipe Martins. He's had his, his best MLS season in production terms, most of which was achieved in the first third of the season after, after coming little, here. And a little bit at the end. And it, yeah, a little bit towards the end as well. Very emotional... Felipe or yeah, another on one. That, this, that was that was, uh, that was like a different. Like we were going on one way, and then yeah. the Felipe came yeah. and it just like put a different. I, in a different. Room. I'd known what Felipe had been going through, but just from a, a chat which we'd had a couple of months ago, and we kind of alluded that we had something from Felipe that we were going to bring out at the end of the year. But I do want to play a little bit of, of what he told me a couple of weeks ago, just because I feel it's important to address some of the issues that he raised. Some of them, but she did also raise on Tuesday as well. So, so let's just hear a little bit here from Felipe. For you personally, how have you found your season? You started off really good, and then I know you've had a little bit of people critical of you, but how, how do you feel that your, your season has gone? I think people can, can say whatever they want. You know, people sometimes just look what they, they see what they want to see. I think my, my season has been good. I've been playing well. My stats shows it my everything I've done shows it and uh, that's what it is I think uh, you know it's doesn't matter what people say is uh, what uh, I think and what the coaching staff say you know it's hard because uh, every team I've been through you know like the fans always love me because I I I always give my everything you know I think that's the first time I see that you know, fans don't really care how much I, I put in. They just want to criticize. But uh, for me, it doesn't matter. I keep doing my job. The important thing is what the team does and how the team does and everything uh, I can do to, to help my teammates. Like when I was growing up, 
you didn't have access to players, so if you were at a game and you, you didn't like how they were playing, you'd maybe shout something. But nowadays with social media, it just seems so easy that anyone can just go and be really abusive online. How difficult is it to just kind of ignore that? Because you always seem a, a really upbeat person, you are always like got a smile on your face. Does it get to you? I, mean, I guess naturally it no, would. No, no, but uh, of course I see it. And uh, I laugh at people because some people don't even know what soccer is and they're talking, you know, or maybe because they don't want to be favorite, uh, they, they don't see their favorite playing play, playing, so they, they get upset. I think that's just reality of it. And uh, I think everyone got to grow about it. And uh, the culture of the soccer got to gotta change because otherwise you don't going to go any, anywhere. It's just like you got to see what is the best for the team, not what is the best for you. And just last thing about this side of things, like, how have you found the whole move to Vancouver, apart from all that? Have you enjoyed it? Do you enjoy being in the city? How has your family settled in? It's been difficult, very difficult for my family. We, it's been a very tough year for us, but uh, that's my problem. You know, I don't want to talk about it, and people don't know about it, but that's the reality. You know, it's been a very, very, very tough year. There's so much going on with my wife's family, especially back in Italy. It's been very difficult, but this is a personal stuff. There's, those are the stuff that nobody knows about. There is stuff that uh, only me and my family and the, the club knows, and uh, I'm gonna do this way. But what I, what I wanna say is, uh, I know how much I've been giving for every time I step on the field, and uh, you know, like people seems to don't appreciate like what pe- the players does they only care about what they they think and uh, that for me is a concerning about this in in, in general in, here in Vancouver because people gotta gotta trust gotta engage and gotta respect most than, more than anything every single person at this club and every single player that's great thank you so much for thank you all right good luck with thank everything. you so that was Felipe from a chat we had a, a few weeks ago with him. Just kind of addressing some of the abuse that he has had online. He touched a, on it a little bit in his very emotional thing on Tuesday as well. He's been through a really tough year. There's yeah. been deaths on his side of the family, his wife's side of the family, their dog as well. Um, the kids have taken everything that's happened really hard. From speaking in that and a couple of other things, he's him and his wife have struggled to kind of settle in Vancouver. Yeah. And he, I, I think, I think, I think the main thing is because his kids found it difficult. Yeah. Because I, I think because maybe they're now of age where when there's a loss, maybe they suffered loss for the first time, yeah. and they knew what was going on. And obviously, the dog, which is very close to I kids, know that set me off. Yeah, so that, so I think up. I think that like I think if it was if maybe if his kids were younger or they really old or they didn't have kids at all, maybe the, those deaths don't affect him because I'm sure. He, People have passed away in other years that he's played too. But the fact that it happened all in one year, it's a new city, the kids finally understand, and then they're, the thing that they find comfort with, the dog, passes away too. I think that everything combines. Yeah. Sets he, he, his demeanor, and then to, get, then to get abuse over it too. Yeah. Uh, he, play. His demeanor, you could tell his frustration the, the latter half of the year or the, or the latter third of the year or whatever. I was there that day when you at training when you did inter, multiple interviews with, with him or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I could just tell even before you had talked to him or before you kind of shared with me a little bit of what, what, what he said to you, 
like you just tell like he was totally different than when he arrived when he arrived like he was incredibly happy and incredibly excited and um yeah really just joyful and stuff and yeah he he was excited to come back to Canada. He was really enjoying yeah. being in Montreal and everything like that. I mean, it's one of the things I hate so much about social media. And I, I mentioned it there. Like when, when we were younger, you didn't have access to, yeah. to to players, celebrities, all these folk. Now, you, some idiot can just go online and abuse somebody and they at them. That's the thing that pisses me off the yeah. most. It's like, how absolutely shit-headed are you to at the person that you're abusing it's like what, what are you hoping to achieve from uh, that unfortunately michael that's like the culture i know it's like it's yeah. modern society i just hate it it's just these people aren't meant to have feelings or emotions or private lives right. and it's like F- felipe he's done well i hope he's back next year and I, I feel he's a kind of player that actually fits into Mark DeSantis' kind of team. Number one, and he's Brazilian, Brazilian yeah. so <laughs> you've got that. But I think he is that kind of player. Oh, the reason why we say Brazilian is because Mark DeSantis... Uh, uh, he likes, that, a, he like, likes a Brazilian. Yeah, I mean, who, a Brazilian. who doesn't? Yeah. The, the Felipe abuse, though... And some folk... We were talking about this because I mentioned it to some of the other media and they're like, well, I haven't seen it. And it's like, I have seen it. And folk on Twitter were like, I haven't seen him get abuse. I've seen it on Twitter. Instagram. I've seen it on Instagram. Instagram Instagram's been the worst. Yeah. And he said Instagram was the worst. Whitecaps have posted videos of Felipe and the abuse in it is absolutely shocking. And he's not the only one. Breck Shea's been getting abuse at games constantly throughout the season. Whatever you think of Breck Shea, he's playing for your team. I know Robbo was really pissed off with the abuse that Ali Ghazal had got after right. he scored an own goal in one yeah. of the games. And then the next time he got the ball and cleared it, there was folk behind the goal going, Way! sarcastically. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, that's your supporters and your player, and that's what you're doing. And that was the start of the souring of the relationships. We know what happened with Kendall and the whole South Siders yeah. thing. I'm, and, I remember back in the day at Twanger, I don't know if you remember this, I remember one day all of a sudden at the end of the game, Jeff Clark came up to us, and he's like, what the hell's going on? We're like, what? What do you mean? He's like, some of your guys are abusing our our player our players, and we were like, wait, wait, who? Because that's not that's not us. And so we had to yeah. we had to kind of work through things and figure out who it was and why they were doing it. And it's a little group then, that was off to the side, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and then beat the crap out of them afterwards, right? I think they would have beaten the crap out of us. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> they're still they're still at games. Oh, yeah, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, and, it's it's horrible. And folks say, oh, they need to man up and have a thick skin. No, how would you like it if someone was attacking you? And just like, fine, you can have an opinion. You don't think the player's good. You think he's a crap signing. You feel he shouldn't be here. Don't abuse him in such a way like that. And you're going to like shrug it off a little bit, but eventually it crosses the line yeah. and it needs to stop. And we do have a bad fan base for that. Here. Well, at, at, at games, I call it the Budweiser effect, probably. That the the yeah, reason why people we see at Lions are, games. Yeah. As How well. much do you get paid to say that? Oh, I'm sorry. Other beers are. Well, I hate, the, I hate that beer. I don't drink it at all. But like, well, that's why I'm blaming it. It's the whole, don't be a dick. Just have some thought of what you're posting, which is like pointless talking in this modern day society. I'm an old man, I just don't get it. But what happened to civility and just like so you, what, I hear, what I hear you saying is criticism is okay, but you can... We criticize we, players on the totally, show. Totally, but you can cross a line. Yeah. And then also, if you, especially if you're crossing the line, the, the adding people yeah. is... Yeah. Anyway... We'll draw a line under that, and we'll be back 
I think that will maybe finish our, our Whitecaps chat for, for tonight. We'll move on to some other happier things just to oh, finish really? the show off. And we'll be back with some MLS chat. Because did you know the MLS season is still going? Wait, what? I know. I was stunned when I saw that today. And they don't want you to cross the line. No. And we'll be back to talk about that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. As I believe the chant was going around the players on Tuesday at the Whitecaps Media Day, can we kick him? No, we can't. <laughs> did you? I think I'm I miss it anyway. Did you see? I think I don't know. If this is my. This is my tweet. Yeah, my tweet. Um, where I, I said the White the Whitecaps are selling tickets for a game on Wednesday. Yes, I like Wednesday. that. You're giving them ideas. I would have bought tickets to that. That would have been great. The Latinos versus the other ones. Which, of course, was I not what the divide was. I didn't say that, but yeah. The, I, oh, I did. You're back listening to part five of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 101.9 FM. So we're going to turn our attention to Major League Soccer news now. Good old MLS. MLS Soccer. <laughs> oh, that stands for soccer. A lot yeah. of people say MLS Soccer. I know. It's weird. Which is weird. Well, yeah, their website, MLS Soccer. Yeah, it is MLSSoccerSoccer.com. <laughs> it's, it's fitting for this league. <laughs> So they had the first round. Yeah, first round in. was on Wednesday and Thursday. We were two for two. Entertaining enough. Our prediction. Wednesday, Wednesday was whatever. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. LAFC lost, and as we mentioned, that freed up Mr. Marquis de Santos to maybe come north to Vancouver this week. And it holds out hopes for the greatest MLS Cup final ever. Oh. Columbus Crew hosting Real Salt Lake. Who? A huge hat tip to RSL. Yeah. That was a phenomenal performance yeah. and a couple of amazing goals. That little kind of, I don't know what you'd even It was call a crane it. kick. Crane kick? Because oh. it was from the Karate Kid, essentially. The way, the uh, at the end, where he did the crane kick. I was thinking was Irish kick. dancing like, kind of. Yeah, the volley, right? Yeah, yeah the, the volley. Post, yeah. It was a crane kick. Absolutely stunning. Have to talk, though, about the LAFC fans. Yeah, that they, they, was they, an interesting on both sides too. It wasn't just yeah. the, the main supporters; it was the other people. Are talking about the throwing the beer? Yeah, to yeah. stop a game for that though, I thought it was a little bit overblown. The night before in Scotland, yeah, in the Edinburgh Derby, you had a Hibs fan punch the Hearts goalkeeper in the face. <laughs> then you had a Hearts fan throw a coin at the face of the the Hibs manager Neil Lennon. The yeah. game went on. Yeah. Imagine what would have happened if it was the Galaxy in that game. Well, um, Ramondo uh, was. They, they actually, showed. A, yeah. They did show a replay that Ramondo did get hit by something before that. Yes. The goal was scored. See, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you, you shouldn't throw things. I would say that. I'm not. I am not condoning that. Wait, Mister. I condone football. <laughs> Violence is not condoning throwing things uh, on the. Uh, well, 
well, if it was Caleb Porter, I could understand. I mean, did you see Matt Manu Veth tweeted about it saying, like, yeah. MLS, they can't deal with cups being thrown on the on the field. This is one of the, the things. Yeah. That well, thing, remember back in the Swan Guard days. Yeah. The thing is, is there there was uh, uh, LAFC staff or a crew or whatever. This, the, this, they were running out to grab the cups, but Romando got there first yeah, to snatch one, it away yeah. to show the ref that there is a cup thrown on the field. Uh, Willie Johnson would have drank them. Yeah. yeah. I was watching with the sound off. So I didn't. It wasn't until later that I also heard our read on Twitter that they were also saying things that are not. Yes, not I was going to oh yes, yeah, yeah, they do yeah, that. They, that they, chant. they did the chant. but yeah. they. So didn't they stop earlier this year? Yeah, the whole of that side and some tweets I saw said it was the whole stadium pretty much that were doing it towards the end because they were just pissed off. By and that then point. the the announcers apologizing. They said the the sound crew is trying to uh, put the bring yeah, the there's bring no it down. way that you could do anything about that. Mm. The throwing of the beers, yeah, it's you shouldn't throw things on the pitch, but you shouldn't stop the game either. No. It was it was not that over. Who was the, the stopping was. Farcical. Who's yeah. the referee? I can't. What was Mark the, Geiger. Uh, yeah, the, the, right. the stopping for the the the, the plastic beer cups yeah. was farcical. Five minute stoppage. It's yeah. like, oh come on! It did look like a Glasgow gig mosh pit though, because the beer was just getting what, thrown about everywhere. Well, it was, hopefully it was beer that was in it. Uh, what was? What do you think of the next stage was? Do you think they could? If they were, if they kept doing it over if and over kept, again. Well, would, it, would, they, would they have to forfeit the game? I don't know. I think they would have probably maybe abandoned it or. I don't know how you, what you would have done. I don't think they would have forfeited it. Uh. But if they're coming on the pitch, that's one thing. If it's hitting the players, that's another. Initially, I actually thought it had hit Romando when the goal went in, and I thought that right. was the big issue. And it's like, no, it wasn't that. Now, I remember they were just f- celebrating by throwing on the There were games like, in Europe I, I, I remember seeing where the flares hit the players yeah. in the head and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, until we start punching them and throwing coins, it's fine. Well, the other winners were uh, DC United lost to Columbus Crew in a penalty like uh, shootout, mm. essentially. Uh, uh, and there was one one penalty where I think it was Patrick Mullins, who was ex DC United playing for Columbus, yeah. his his ball actually started rolling, and he took the shot. They didn't re- redo it. Oh, and then and then the next player who uh, I think it, I can't remember his name now, uh, but uh, he. He basically was the one that scored the goal to tie the game, but he like skied the ball and oh, that. De Leon. Yeah, that's right, Nick De Leon. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he's the one that skied. So they lost, and then on on the day before, like you said, it wasn't anything special. Yeah. New York City FC poor, trounced Philadelphia. Yeah. Poor Wayne Rooney in that game. He missed the penalty. Yes, I, it, it was made for him to miss <laughs> that. I felt sorry for De Leon though. I, great that he scored. He's just been through so much injury stuff. Yeah. I really like that kid. I, He's a guy I'd happily have here. He just he plays with a passion. Plays for the jersey as, uh, and the crest as Russell Tybert may say. And then finally, Portland uh, uh, defeated um, FC Dallas. What was a big surprise? Like yeah. I said last week, if this if this MLS Dallas. season was going a few more weeks, they would be out of the playoffs. Dallas imploding as usual. Yeah. But then we got the four conference semifinals today in the East. Columbus take a narrow 1-0 lead to New York Red Bulls, talking of teams that implode in the in the playoffs. They like to win the supporter shield and then completely fuck it up in the playoffs. It's like, it's their, no matter who, what players are there, so what we, coaching staff are there. So we just lost our PG rating because you dropped two F-bombs. Yeah. It's their modus operandi. Well, and then in this game, Zardes with the goal, Iguin, uh, Kamara's best friend, mm. um, uh, came on and, and, and did a fantastic Back heel flick to oh. Zardes. Zardes Jizzy put it away. Yeah. Death to Dead Bulls, MLS Cup hopes. And then a, a surprise goal scorer in the they had Atlanta game. Yeah. Eric Remedi, I had no idea who he even was, 
his first ever career goal with a Octavio Rivero special. Or Anthony <laughs> Blondell special? Well, he kind, of, know, he kind of uh, jammed it against the post. And oh, then, yeah, he made hard then, work of and it. Th- and then Maybe he really might be why he's never got a career goal before. <laughs> now, there was a goal that was uh, by Atlanta that got called off. Almiron. Uh, it was essentially, you know, the, the short corner they do? Mm, which um, I hate short corners. Uh, they, it, the, the, it, it was supposed to stop the ball dead on the spot, right, for Almiron to take it back. But what happened was he didn't do it properly and the ball started rolling back towards Almiron and there was nobody on the post. So it was actually called offside at that yeah. point. And then it was crossed in and eventually Almiron did score himself. But I didn't it was actually see that because I just fast-forwarded. No, that, that, was, so that, was, that. that was an interesting play because if you think of it, if they hadn't caught that, that would yeah. be a 2 nothing lead at this point, yeah. two road goals. Yeah, I mean, the, the road goal is massive. So you have to feel they're going to get through, but you would have fancied them to get through anyway. I don't know. They lost to Columbus last year. Yeah, in the West... Another Cascadian derby in the playoffs that we're on the outside looking in at. And it's going to be yet another conference final appearance by one of our Cascadian rivals, which just breaks your heart. So pissed off. (laughs) But it was a cracking first half between Seattle and Portland. Second half was kind of shitty, really. It wasn't... Well, Seattle tried to go for it. Seattle tried to go for it a little bit here and there. Seattle, like, aside from the result... They're in trouble. Yeah, they lost Marshall Ooh. and they lost yeah, uh, both in the first half. Roldan. No, yeah. Roldan. I think it's is growing. They said. Yeah, Roldan. I think is more was uh, uh, they were being careful with it, and that's why he took him off as mm-hmm. soon as possible. Marshall's Marshall worse. Marshall went down when no nobody was, was around yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, those are the worst. And, and, like, and their and their second leg is on Thursday, not yeah. next yeah, Sunday. Because throw ball gets priority. Of course. Yeah, but Reed Diaz puts the out ahead. Even nice BC goal. tied it up seven minutes later, and then Blanco. That was a nice, like yeah. Valeri powered forward, and then Blanco did well to finish it. That off. was the uh, the second, the winning goal was when Roldan was taken off, and they didn't have time. I think it was I don't know yeah, who they were they bringing were down on. To ten, the guy yeah. wasn't ready. To and then Alfonso just gave the ball away because he he was going he was he wasn't going north south. Alonso? He was going Alonso, yes, sorry. I think you said Alfonso. Oh, I'm sorry. He's um, brainwashing Alfonso over the last. I still few miss weeks. him so much. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, but what he, was that? I don't know. I was thinking South Park. But, <laughs> but um, he was going up that way, and then he just gave away the ball to, I think it was Obisi that he gave the ball away, and then Valeri took it yeah. through. Well, Ebo Obisi's finish was wonderful. Nice. Um, who do you want to win that? Oh, easy. Easy. Poor other man. Yeah, probably. Probably. I yeah. do hate Seattle more than Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Although you have their hat. He's I, got I, everything wrong. I, yeah, I have a Timbers t-shirt. And a I have a lot hat. of old old Timber stuff they used to give out when you used to. Yeah, that's, I'd take anything that's free. I should try and sell that now to like their throng of people. Oh, yeah, I'm a collector's item. Yeah. The the other Western Conference semifinal, RSL. Shocking sport in Kansas City in the 52nd minute. Rusnak volley. Only it was a nice goal. Minutes, so it was a lovely goal. It was a really nice a, goal. The one-two. They're scoring yeah. some fantastic goals in this. But then Diego Rubio tied it up. Eight minutes later, crucial away goal for KC. Have to feel they're going through now. Come on, Salt Lake. But only need one goal, though. I know to, you want your Johnny Russell. I win. want my Johnny. Oh, I just want Sporting because I predicted him at the beginning of the year. Right. Go, oh, can Remember, get, predictions can... at the beginning of the year are meaningless. Oh, for sure. But if you're right, then no, it's no, really no. good. <laughs> no, no, they are meaningless. We shouldn't talk about them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had Fernando Adi as the golden boot. 
Oh, did I? He didn't oh, even did. finish the season well, in MLS. How was, how was I, how was supposed, I to supposed to know? He went down a league. <laughs> yeah, how, how was, was I supposed to know? Did I have he wasn't going to get on with the coach. Oh, he had Fernando Adi. He I, had Fernando I, I honestly don't even know who I had. I had Kai Kamara. <laughs> hey, 14's not yeah. bad. I mean, he's no Joseph Martinez. No. I had Joseph Martinez as far as I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have, actually, yeah. But, I mean, RSL have done well, but I do feel Casey's going to go through. And you've just got me excited because I've just thought, I can get Johnny Russell back on the phone and get him back on the show. <laughs> just, just all about Johnny Russell. Uh, yes, I've got his number. What about Liv Moore? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm getting, I don't know why this is happening because I don't really tweet about uh, <laughs> iZombie, but Twitter keeps giving me like suggestions to follow Live more, <laughs> and, and all, every, all the actors. It seems like benefits I, of being. I, I followed Live more, and I've got Maybe a restraining that's order now. But you couldn't to. follow her into the across no, the stadium. This restraining order kept me away. It would have been awesome. I was thinking, when you said that. Uh, whenever you said that, I was. It would have been awesome if he just started walking down the stairs onto the pitch across the field while the game was going on. Basically, <laughs> 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 zombie like. Ah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Columbus and RSL, happy to see them get this far, if you can be happy for someone that's not the Whitecaps. Showing, Zach, that you don't need to spend money to make oh. the playoffs. Playing into the Whitecaps narrative to perfection. But you do have to spend on transfer fees. Yes. I think Columbus's budget is the same as us, roughly, lower, lower. or lower, I and RSL's are maybe a little bit higher, 25 thousand higher or something but RSL has spent money on transfers yeah and, and some already. decent players and they've got Mike Pitkey I still would have liked him here as a coach he was my number two choice after and he can fix your MDS. office equipment too yeah because I'm having some printer <laughs> issues I needed dental issues done I think I'm out of ink through. actually Maybe well, he, I, I'm a bit out of ink, but I my Wi-Fi connection is not good. Oh, maybe good. I think for printers it's called toner. No, 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 no toner's photocopier. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Next week on the AFTN <laughs> stationery show. We bring you live, Mike Peck, yeah. solving your IT problem or your printing problems. But that's our MLS chat. We'll finish this section with my favourite part of the show. It's wavelength time. And we're going back to, I think it's 2008, uh, by a group called Linus, maybe. And I think the title of this song pretty much sums up what people at home are thinking every time I mention its wavelength. And this is called Not Another Football Song. Oh brother, tonight we're gonna chase some dreams. Gonna twist and shout until we take it home. Till we take it home. And maybe Tonight we're going to extremes, but what the world doesn't need is another football song. Oh, Thomas, come, let's play for real. Yes, we all know the score, we know the deal. These 19 minutes will decide. If we gotta hide ourselves, I'll walk with pride Don't show no weakness, no fatigue There's no excuse, we got to take the lead Yes, there is nothing we won't try Just let them think that we're the little guys Sure you don't want to miss Such a big day like this 
us Baby, tonight we're gonna chase some dreams Gonna twist the child until we take it home Baby, tonight we're going to extremes What the world doesn't need is another football song They made the tickets hard to get Call up your friends, turn on the TV set Be sure that when you watch the game That you go for a bottle of beer and not champagne So maybe paint your face That's what we do these days Welcome back to the final part of the AFTN Soccer Show. And it's a busy week here at, at UBC. The Nationals, the U Sports Nationals, are taking place this week. Kicking off on Thursday. Four quarterfinals on Thursday from 11 o'clock in the morning. The last game kicks off at 6.30 at night. Two BC teams in it. Zach's mob, Trinity Western Spartans. That is your mob, isn't it? Uh, I've taken I classes at yeah. XM. I think they're called the, the Trinity Mafia. Ah. Yeah, the Spartans are kicking the tournament off at 11 o'clock, taking on the number one seeds, the York Lions. UBC hosting for the first time since 2007, going for a record-breaking 13th National U Sports title. They kick off at 6.30 on Thursday night against the Carlton Ravens from Ontario. So it's basically BC versus Ontario on both. Yeah. But she, that's the two games that I think myself and Gideon are going to commentate on. We're only doing two of the four just to kind of save our voices. So I've put in a request not to try and murder the French pronunciations <laughs> of the, the two just Quebec bring universities. Steve with you. Yeah. Do you, want, do you want to do the Quebec team, Steve? That'd be awesome. Thanks so much. We. Oui. <laughs> It's like, I just know how bad it's going to go, so we're, we're hope, hopefully going to steer clear of that. But a huge shout-out and a congratulations to UBC Thunderbirds, who won their 19th Canada West Championship today. Lots of exciting players. We're going to actually bring out uh, an extra podcast special in the build-up to it. Spoke to a lot of the players today. There's a lot of ex-Whitecaps on the team as well. So watch out for that, all you subscribers. How many goals did Caleb score over the course of the whole campaign? Nine so far. I actually okay. did that shout out right. on, on Saturday when he, when he scored. It was like, Caleb Clark, superstar. How many goals has he scored so far? As they used to say when he played for the Whitecaps, nine. And we also managed to get, uh, what time is it as well? <laughs> because they had put seven goals past but I was like it's five past Fraser Valley I'm still waiting for one of the opposition universities to complain that we do yeah. that but the UPC players and management love it so we just do it for them now anyway now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership by bcsoccerweb.com your one stop site for news links stories, features, everything you could ask for from the world of soccer 
Make it part of your daily routine, morning, noon and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What has been catching your eyes on the site this week, Steve? Eyes plural this week. Oh, for sure. So much. Yes. Um, well, uh, let's let's do a follow up, and I'm going to probably brutalize this name as well. Is he French? Uh, no, no, he's actually Spanish. I think he is. Um, we. <laughs> well, yes, he's okay. Spanish. So, um, remember when there was a coach that left the Spanish national team because he really wanted to coach Real Madrid? No, no, no. He he didn't leave the national team. Oh, he was fired because yeah. he wanted to talk to. Yeah. So he yes. kind of screwed his job over. Chance to get a World Cup in order to obviously maybe win Champions League or whatever with Real Madrid. Well, he didn't make it too long. Uh, Julian uh, Lopetegui, is that right? <laughs> close? It's close. Okay. Um, is he Maori? He's basically been sacked um, after uh, an embarrassing loss to Barcelona, but of course it must have been dominated. Uh, we'll just wait for Michael to get set up again. There we go. <laughs> um, uh <laughs> Michael's got a lawn chair in the studio. <laughs> Seems like it. Um, it worked good last week when I was relaxed for this section. Oh, yeah. So. You you really had to go. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't walk out of the studio, you know? No. Uh, <laughs> like he was appointed in June. My old age. I can't stand this long. He was appointed in June, but obviously he's gone now. Uh, apparently, reserve team uh, Santiago Solari will take over for now, but Antonio Conte is in talks, yes. but he's apparently he's asking for too much money, what the word is, so we'll see what happens. I there. never liked Solari as a player. Do you remember him? No. Yeah, I never liked him as a player. And uh, don't know him anything as a dude. Well, you know what? If you don't like him, I don't like him. <laughs> wait, wait, is that true? <laughs> your friend is our friend. Your enemy is our enemy. Yeah. Thanks, um, thanks guys. Like that. Uh, we got to stick together. It, we can't have a divided... Works in uh, reverse as well. Yeah, like, we can't, we have, can't have, a have a divided podcast. No. All my enemies are also your enemies. I'll give you the list. <laughs> Might be long. I have it on a zip drive. <laughs> three 32 gig. Three, I was going to say three gig. <laughs> um, some other news too. Uh, another player had been hit with uh, by the Spanish for taxes for image rights. It's Gareth Bale. So many of this, these guys. For, but hit. it was for tw- tw- 2013. Now, oh, right, now the lawyers for Gareth Bale saying he's not, he shouldn't be because he was still living in England in 2013. He, right. he was just playing in Spain, so uh, that'll be a, a interesting to see. How that tosser also tried to trademark the heart. The, he tried to trademark it. He has trademarked the whole heart. Gareth Bale has, yeah. What? As if he was the only player in the world ever to do. How a do you heart. trademark something like that? I know that was back in like 2012 or something. He tried to do that. Did he get it? Was he? Successful? I don't know. Maybe it's part of this money from 2013 that he, <laughs> he hasn't paid tax on. So, and, and it's about a, uh, a third of a million uh, euro that is being asked to pay back. Trump changed to him, right? Yeah, I guess so. Now, the next few articles are going to involve Saudi Arabia a lot. They've been in the news in the, the mainstream, maybe for uh, political reasons, but this is uh, they're in a lot of here for, and I think it's got connections with that. Uh, the Southwest Asian Football Federation, which was only... S-W-A-F-F, SWAF! Oh, yeah, I didn't even see that coming. you got to start sitting down earlier in the show. Oh, that's a wrestling term, by the way, Mike. See, I knew that was going to bring him down. I knew that was going to bring him down as soon as I told him. Okay, so they just created this in May, but due to political issues, seven of the 14 countries have left the group right now, and so it's kind of a shambles. Yeah. Um, another thing is is there's a big divide. There. Yeah, big divide. Football out there half. Is, it's basically divided in half. Div- yeah, divided swath nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
FIFA. Uh, we talked about Qatar uh, a couple a few weeks ago. Yeah, about I, going I to know. 48. I had it. I wasn't able to come to the show. It was really, really bad. It was right in my oh, chest. Oh, the coffee. Okay. Yeah, the Qatar. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. Well, we got to laugh sometimes for the jokes, even if they're not funny. Um, it's part of the yeah, contract. Cause, cause, uh, yeah, I do sack you. Yeah. <laughs> no divides. No. Sacked um, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Infantino has talked about it now. He wants matches. Uh, he wants to try to get it expanded in 2022 to 48. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, the way he, the Qatar says they can't handle that, but they're <laughs> asking him to play the, those extra games to play in countries that have cut ties with Qatar and close passage by land, air, and sea, essentially. But um, like in all honesty, I feel sorry for Qatar. You bet on a World Cup yeah. that is a set amount of things and you plan accordingly and then, they and then it's like it. oh you know what we want to just add all these extra teams and I don't, infrastructure can't cope I don't think they're going to lose anything like extra like quarter final semi whatever games they were given they're going to get those games the extra games will go with, like for example the countries they mentioned were Saudi Arabia which they can't they Bahrain, each other Bahrain, Bahrain and, yeah. and uh, the United Arab Emirates like, like Saudi and Qatar are in a huge fight just now yeah you've talked before well, in, in headlines about the whole fake be in yeah. sports that they did and yeah. they've got the blockade well that's one of the things and, yeah um and the, but they but infantino saying this is something that would be a nice message oh, if they got everybody to get. he wants to play peacemaker and he's also comparing this to the fact that 2026 the the north american group wasn't able to get together even though they were arguing about free trade and i think free trade is a little bit different than what the, these guys are arguing yes. about as opposed to like freedom Wait, do we just have wait? We just had a special moment on the show. What? Where a Scottish fellow yelled, yelled freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never even clicked. Like, <laughs> if you could do it a little more impassioned yeah. next time. Like, <clears throat> it's not about free trade. <laughs> it's about freedom. <laughs> now if you could just go paint your face. <laughs> now I have to go cough. <laughs> I still think Mel, Mel Gibbs. Mel Gibson did it better, and he's Australian. Um, okay, so... Uh, Nobody playing a Scotsman. Yeah, that's yeah. Good point. Uh, so another FIFA and news... And he is an angry, drunken racist. So oh, there you go. Made for the part. FIFA uh, also, more in the news, they were hacked, apparently. Um, it occurred in March. Now, the way they figured it was it, how serious it was, when both FIFA and UEFA started receiving hundreds of questions for information contained in confidential documents. So when they found out that these questions were coming in from journalists, that's when they realized that, oh my God, this is going to be serious. And that's why they released the information this week. That is insane. And then the information came out this week uh, by German newspaper uh, Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Um, uh, Okay, so this is some of the points that came out of... Which uh, I believe means the Spiegel in English. Seven, seven clubs uh, are looking to break away from UEFA uh, Champions League and set up their own independent Super League. I'll run down the teams: Man U, Real Madrid, Arsenal, Barcelona, uh, Juventus, Bayern Munich, and Milan. Infantino was also uh, in some of the documents, apparently helping Man City and PSG. Well, he helped them uh, avoid sti- the stiffest penalties for breaching financial fair play in 2014, and he's also. Accused of strong arming the replacements of ethics committee, which I think we talked about in mm. weeks ago, for his own people that would go kind of his own, like follow his instructions. The, the financial fair play is an absolute farce, and clubs are just finding ways to get around it. And then, if if they seriously want this to be in place, they have to do something about it. But they they had also talked 
mean, it says seven clubs here, but there was talk it was going to be like possibly an eleven club. The, the or seven, the seven clubs are the founding members. The founding. So the, the, there were the, five the, English clubs in it. Yeah, no. there was Man U, Man City. Oh, no, Man City. Chelsea, Liverpool, and Arsenal. Yes, but Arsenal, Chelsea, Man U yeah. uh, are the two uh, founding teams, and the other teams would join in mm. as well. I mean, and Arsenal, it, for God's sake, and it's some, like and somebody was saying been relevant for years. And they were saying that uh, there was some point on Twitter too about this that the whole thing is the founding members will never be uh, eligible oh, for yeah. a relegation. There's going to be no relegation for those teams. I mean, so what league yeah. operates with no relegation? <laughs> <laughs> and expect to get taken seriously. So uh, wait, 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 Michael. You know, uh, sorry, I was joking before. You know what you said? <laughs> their spiegel means the spiegel. <laughs> you know what it means, right? No. Oh, it means the mirror. I I did fail my German O grade. My oral was terrible. Brazilian oral was probably Could better. Could not get my mouth around it. We're gonna have to cut that dead air out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why there was dead air. I'd finished. Okay. Um. So uh, well, let's move on then. Because uh, we want to get back to our loved ones. Um, football. Yeah, I can't wait to get back to yours. <laughs> what is going <laughs> You're on? You're going to have to edit a lot of this out, man. So Thank God it's after 120. Um, you sat down too long. Uh, okay, so we were talking about fan abuse of players. Yep. James McLean playing for Stoke McLean. City. McLean? McLean. Um, oh, of the diehard McLeans? Maybe. Okay. Um, uh, he basically. His name is Mick Clean. It says McLean I know, but here. we pronounce it McLean. Yeah. The Scottish or the Irish? Both. Okay. So the, he was. People play- that invented the English language. Can I just call him Mick Clean? Because it sounds like. Call it whatever you want so we can finish this story. <laughs> so, <laughs> he was. Not re- anything to do with the guy, Mr. Clean. <laughs> so. In Stoke, uh, he's playing. He plays for Stoke City uh, in their home stadium. Uh, he on this weekend he wasn't wearing a poppy on his uh, j- uh, kit. He basically, on his way after the game, he was being uh, verbally abused by his own um, like supporters, uh, and it was pretty harsh. I saw the video; it was pretty bad. Uh, and uh, he he responded on Twitter. He says he's gonna if he uh, thankful for the people that understood my my. He's basically of Irish descent. And he doesn't want to support the British um, people that the armies that have gone into Ireland and and, and caused a ruckus and um, and killed people. So he's basically saying thank you for the people that support me. Whoever you know doesn't support me, screw you. And he he had a Bobby Sands quote on there, yeah, which are probably really uh, upset a lot of English people. Well, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, Bobby Sands was a. Political prisoner, if you want to say he was an IRA uh, terrorist that was arrested and died in prison as one of the the IRA hunger strikers in the early eighties. So he's kind of a martyr to the the Catholic cause. Yeah. Um. Uh, the Stoke City has come out and they've recognised that people are upset about this, but they are going to stand behind him and allow him to make the decision for himself. It, it happens a lot, and un- unfortunately, it happens a lot in Scotland because of all the sectarianism there and. Celtic do wear poppies, but a lot of their supporters don't want them to, and they won't so. recognise yeah. them. And it's silence for his remembrance. They've had banners, and it's like politics and football. I don't want to really get started in this, especially the sectarianism side. So yeah, let's move on to more upbeat story. Well, it's not an upbeat story. Inspirational kind of story here. Um, obviously, we talked about last week. Uh, Leicester City owner Vishay Siri Van Prab. Uh, basically passed away in a helicopter crash. The team kind of got together this week. They 
they they had a moment of silence in the midweek and then they played their game and then they had uh, you know uh, t-shirts with the boss on there yep. with his picture picked up a booking for scoring yeah scoring but, they took which forward an outrage about but, but it's the letter of the law yeah, they, I mean, he, they knew, knew they yeah, knew they were going to get he knew he was going to get that's why only it. he took it off and nobody else yeah. took it off i'm sure all of them had that t-shirt underneath so yeah. whoever scored could take it off yeah um and then uh they they won the game they beat cardiff city in in wales one nil and then they took a, a plane ride to thailand uh to uh p- be part of their one week uh funeral ceremony that is for the owner uh part of the buddhist uh, ceremonies so it, it's nice of them to do that i was surprised that they actually flew out there right away it was, it was very emotional yeah. i've watched the covers in sports net yeah. and it's like you always have your minute silence or whatever, but all the Leicester backroom staff and everyone was on the pitch, on the pitch as well yeah. as the eleven players and fans were crying, players were crying. And the, and the Welsh Mike was who we talked about last week. He was he's been so upset. This yeah, week. and then the, the Welsh uh, fans who uh, yeah, they, they were did a very joint, joint banner as yeah. well, and, and they were very the uh, uh, observant of that moment of silence. With yeah. some fans of opposite teams will not be. Yes. Um, North some news from North America. Sad news uh, oh. for one of our favorites, Christian Dean. He's retiring from professional soccer. He thanked his family and friends for the past five years and uh, thanked the fans that supported him and loved him and everything like that. So yeah, it's just it, it was, was a sad rough to time. See that it's the same yeah. foot injury that just kept plaguing him and he just couldn't get over it. Second young Chicago player though to announce his retirement this week, which the other one was for I think other reasons, but. Very weird things happening in Chicago. Well, I felt, I felt the, sorry for Christian. Christian was from here. What yeah. happened here? And yeah. he just could he couldn't get over it over yeah. there. Yeah, feels terrible for the guy. He's like such a nice guy. He's been through so much, yeah. and it's just heartbreaking. Really. And uh, hopefully he can just bounce back and maybe. Well, I mean, find hopefully something. he lands in football, like yeah, coaching or, or something. something like I mean, that. you've got a lot of young coaches he, that go into coaching because their career ends early. Yeah, he always made himself available. Always had time to talk. Yeah, yeah. even whether yeah for media or supporters. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also. Another note: uh, Former Whitecap Alan Gordon also re- announced his retirement. Expansion draft pick. Expansion draft pick. Alan yeah. Gordon. He uh, really retired, eh? Yeah, we were apparently for, retired. Sure, for real. It was on BC Soccer Web. Wow. That must be the person who's going to retire uh, soon. Uh, as a, as but a, has scored the winner for their team, uh, Didier Drogba. Be champions. Um, uh, led Phoenix Rising to a two-one win over Orange County. W- scored the winner. And he will play Louisville in the final, and mm. uh, uh, that will be champs, Louisville. And that will be his final game. He apparently is going to retire for now. Uh, news from Canada: Another uh, friend of the podcast, Rianne Wilkinson. Yes, I'm really, to, really pleased about this. It has been named to him. coach two teams. Uh, so uh, he's, she's going to be joining the U17 Women's World Cup team that's going to go to Uruguay. Uh, Bev Pressman, the previous. Uh, coach uh, kind of left the cl- uh, club and became assistant with the English national team. Um, and then uh, she's also going to be talking, taking over for the Whitecaps Girls Elite Super Rex program yeah. after the World Cup. And she's going to continue as assistant coach to the Canadian national team as well. Which is good. I I really love Rianne. Yeah. A lot of time for well, her. She's great. This is great because we can actually talk to her. I know. I'm going to get in touch with her I, once all, all the latest MLS stuff has died down. Yeah. Yeah. What it, Go out for a coffee, have a nice chat about her career, and she she's another one that always has had a lot of time for us and taking part in all our weird stuff that we do with her, and really pleased for her. She's got so much knowledge to impart what, to these young girls. What's her um, favorite flavor of jam? I think she was raspberry. Most of the or, she was she was off. Was she uh, no no no. She was she didn't have a, 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 like a vanilla answer. It was definitely something that was. Um, it was like maple, like something like. 
like oh, it was something really good, apricot or something like that. Something I, I, something I, odd. I yeah. will revisit. Okay. I need to bring the jam section back. I was going to have a poll at the end of this year. What sections do you want back next year? Do you want the jam? Do you want obviously chocolate digestive doesn't That's go never anywhere. Going. I want to know how all the white caps, all the Christmas things they feel. Well, I, I did record some of the, the Christmas show in January. Oh, okay. But I spoke to Stefan and Kai about Christmas. Oh, okay. But Chocolate Digestive is immortal. That's not going yeah. anywhere. Okay, so Cavalry FC president, uh, they're actually providing some information on uh, the stadium and the ticket update uh, and the ticket pricing as well. They kind of, you know, the Al Classico that happened a little yep. while ago? They actually used that as a trial run to see how uh, things ran. And they actually were pretty honest in there, like saying what worked and what didn't work. Like, for example, they need they, they realized they need more concessions to get people back into the stands yeah. during the break and everything like that. Um, so there were a number of issues that came up and they're going to be fixing those. I think are they going to allow like away supporters to throw streamers? I don't <laughs> know about that. Because apparently that was a big issue. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. That wasn't mentioned in the article. They expect ticket prices to start at $20 per game for season tickets. Which is a little above... The lowest ticket in a bunch of places. They've been like as low as mm. like the hundred ninety nine dollar ones. Have, that's like thirteen between thirteen fourteen bucks a game. But that's like it's twelve bucks to get into UBC all year for like Canada West games. So okay, so last uh, story: uh, former Whitecap uh, Thomas Gardner um, and UBC current UBC player wins the Canadian West Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year awards. First, First ever. player to yeah. ever do the double. Scored six times in 12, se- 12 regular season games, and his eight points had him third in scoring. Three of his six were game-winning goals. All six were from outside the box. Five stunning free kicks. And I spoke to him after the game on Friday. I would have brought you the audio, but Tommy doesn't really like talking. It lasts about eight seconds. <laughs> He's just very happy. That's pretty much it. But there is one other story which you have not covered, Steve. Oh, my came up this weekend? Yes. Which I, I think Whitecaps fans will take a little bit of solace for this. Charles Bohm reporting on Twitter tonight. Oh, the Orlando story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Little too. tidbit for the nighttime crowd, he says. And we all know the nighttime crowd like a. I can't wait to find out who this guy is, the player. I'm told, he says, that Orlando City inadvertently triggered a midfielder's 2019 (laughs) contract option by starting him more than a certain number of games this year. Coaching staff didn't know about the clause and he exceeded the threshold by one game. The Orlando Brexit, which is ironic, really. Yes. So Greg Anderson doesn't have to feel like he's the only one who's made this error. No. And I, I bet you that this has happened before too and they just never announced it or never got let it get out. Maybe it's just Orlando contracts that have this weird <laughs> trigger clause in it. Well, yeah, because then the Whitecaps inherited his contract. Yeah. yeah. No, but didn't he get traded to Orlando from or did he? Oh, no, he came back from Giles. Europe to Orlando. Yeah. yeah. Right. Everyone's going to be so curious as to who it is. I heard some people saying it's Will Johnson. Ah. Yeah, that's somebody they probably want to let go. No, they were basing it on no, the number that, of games that, he played and oh. looking at the number of games he played. Because it said it was a midfielder, I believe. Yeah, they did say midfielder. But he played mostly right back, I think, for whenever he played. No, but he is a midfielder. But yeah, you're right. He did play a bunch of right back from this year. Oh, yeah, because someone here says, Will Johnson started 26 games. My guess is his contract, if he starts more than 25, he gets extended. But then other folks are saying, well, this this player started 11 and he started 10. Yeah, yeah. You could go through a whole roster and try and Yeah, you can't really identify that way. 
But, but ten, ten seems like a low, low, in the low, low. But you got to see who is a player that is more like on a high ticket, probably that they didn't want to that really wasn't performing, yeah. and that's the guy that probably uh, initially. The yeah, ticket. we Willie Johnson will probably fit into that category. He's your chum. I saw you chatting a lot to him. <laughs> it was a, good, a really good conversation. Mm. Anyway, I think that is it for this week's show. But before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Read our stuff on AFTN.ca. We're going to have a big build-up to the Nationals this week. Yeah, and, and let people know that we're around. If somebody hasn't listened to us, let them know, share it. If you like what we say, let them know, you know, oh, these guys listen to their podcast. They're fantastic. If you don't like what the, we say, say, hey, listen to these assholes and tell <laughs> what they say about the yeah, Whitecaps. Yeah, or... So it works either way. Yeah. Is this like uh, sweeps week, Steve? We're trying to get some numbers up? No, no. Oh, just okay. share. Share. Sharing is caring? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's no division here. Yeah. Anyway. Until Steve, until Steve goes on Radio Cascade. But I feel like you two click around too much around. Well, we like Wait, chocolate. What? Yeah, we. Eat if, cho- you, well, if you could eat chocolate, I'm not uh, eating chocolate at the moment. What's the worst that would happen hey, if you ate chocolate? Up sore throat. I. Uh, <laughs> <Is> that, what? <laughs> like sore throat. I have sore throats in, constantly. Like sore throat doesn't your throat will start to close? No, no, no. It'd be like a. <laughs> well, That's just it? suck a fisherman's friend. <laughs> I'll tell you about all the fishermen I know when they get to the thing. Until next time, thanks for listening, take care, and mourn the fishermen. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.